Yeah, I need to. I need to fucking go to the doctor tomorrow. God damn it! He's like, ah, you got a month to live. Ah, oh, fuck! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck! <laughs> Those results are fast. <laughs> How can you be certain? <laughs> All you did was touch my balls and ask me to cough. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 451. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over Culture push over pop culture. Uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's pop culture leftovers. Five, five, four, three, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Joe. And we're the, we're lefto- the Leftovers. Come on, Joe. What the fuck, <laughs> no, I man? I tried to match your face. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, the last week I've been like, how bad am I going to fuck up this intro? Well, we found out. <laughs> we found out. Mystery solved. Yeah, fucking. Uh, we don't need Benoit Blanc for that one, do we, Joe? <laughs> no, no, the evidence is right there. Jesus Christ. Ass onion. A Joe Stark mystery. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> you fucked up. <laughs> It's fine. It made for a funny moment. Jesus Christ, don't don't beat yourself up, okay? All right? Yeah, you'll get it next week. You'll get it next week, Joe. You know, it, or, or maybe I won't. Here's the thing. Like, why don't I make you feel okay about it? I've got to just fucking jab. I got to dig, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm like, oh, it's okay. I'm like, yeah, you fucked up. <laughs> I love you, buddy. (laughs) Listen, it may not sound like it this week, guys, but I'm telling you, I want all our listeners to know that I am sick. I have not been feeling – it's been since December 17th. We're recording on January 16th. I've been off and off sick for the last month. It's been a nightmare. I was talking to Joe and I was talking to our guests off air and they're like, go see somebody tomorrow. I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. I just got to know what the fuck is going on with me. Um. But uh, I'm going to try to keep the energy level up this episode, even if it fucking kills me. Uh, so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. It's just it has been a very trying winter uh, for me, and uh, yeah, I'm sick of being sick, Joe. I'm fucking sick and tired of this shit, man. Oh, dude! After a month, I don't know how you couldn't be. Yeah. A month, the fuck. Well, I mean, I was good for like there was like a week there that I was good, and I was like, "Yeah, man, I'm on the mend." Yeah, and I was out there living life, doing my thing. I look like a juicy fruit commercial. I look like one of those fucking drug commercials, you know? 
short of kayaking and having a picnic and, you know, dancing with some lady on a veranda. <laughs> but but I was feeling you can't can you tell I'm sick? You can't tell I'm sick now. You guys heard it before. I was like, it's as soon as I hit this fucking record button, I really try, Joe. I really oh, yeah. try, Professional man. Professional Brian comes right out. I really fucking try. <laughs> I really do. People are like, when are you gonna address that Jake's not here? When are you gonna address that Jake's gone? We did it last week. Yeah, we did it. Yeah, Jake's not here. We miss him. I miss Jake dearly, but I text him every, almost every day, send him a message. We're in constant contact. Um, last week, if you didn't listen, Jake did announce a soft retirement. Um, and I thought it would be funny, uh, this week if I just announced the, that, that I'm also leaving and I just dropped the show <laughs> in Joe's lap like an unwed mother dropped off a baby in a 1950s church doorstep or something. You know what I mean? Just like, Jay, uh, Joe, it's all yours now. I'm out of here. It's been fun. You figure this fucking show out. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So you think, you know, like a new slot open for a new leftover and uh, you think, you know, it's the year 2023 that I'd be like, oh, let's, you know, maybe we should, I should get more diverse with my selection, you know, like uh, maybe, maybe get a, maybe get a female host or, 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 or a person of color. But uh, not only uh, did I get another white guy, but I doubled down and got a fucking white guy from Iowa. So it was like, <laughs> let's get the whitest guy possible. To fucking, to fucking be the next host. Somebody shockingly Caucasian. Right. <laughs> right. Like, my skin doesn't tan. Well, jo- I got the eye Do you burn easily, my- Joe? Perfect. Oh, I burn so easy, except for my forearms. <laughs> my forearms get a nice golden tan, but everywhere else around me turns pink and then goes right back to white. Yeah, I know. It just, honestly, it ha- you know, it, it was one of those things that just worked out with Joe's been on so many episodes. We have great chemistry. We've hung out so many times and done so many podcasts together. I think really that's the reason. Um, I mean, <sighs> so I just want to. Let people know why Joe is the selection. I think people are behind it. Joe, you think people are behind it? Have you had anybody come out of the oh, woodwork? Dude, and- I've I've had lots of really, really kind messages. Like some of them were so nice that it made me tear up. And not a single person has reached out and been like, you suck. You're going to tank the show. Go stick your head in the oven and turn it off. Except for me. I was the only one that did that. <laughs> The guy that brought you on board. I'm just like, you better not fuck this up, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) We're not alone. We got a guest. Let's bring him on. Let's talk about it. We got Chris Lowe from Volk. Welcome, Chris. Howdy, motherfuckers. That's my my tagline. That's what I'm coming with. Howdy, motherfuckers. You thought you got rid of me, but I'm back. Yeah, he's back. I'm, I'm really excited for the phase where, you know, we're basically... Brian just starts making Joe just like wear like clothes that just make him look like Jake, and it just there's like a single white female. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God, yes. And then and then it goes into. Uh, actually, I was actually thinking just I was going to call Joe. His new name was going to be not Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Almost not like Jake. Here's your Lana Del Rey T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, you know, with a little bit of resentment when I say it. All right, not Jake. <laughs> What, what, how are you going to rate this thing, not Jake? <laughs> Let me guess, not Jake. 
Yeah. <laughs> you I'll make ha- him buy the whole like Lana Del Rey and 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 T Swift uh, uh, discography and things like that. It's like you have to listen to all of this. Oh God! If he was on here right now, he would just he would tell you I'm I'm more of a fan of Lana Del Rey than T Swift. I don't you know. So I don't know. <laughs> That's true. I couldn't. I couldn't. You could have Lana Del Rey in a fucking lineup, and I wouldn't be able to point her out. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> They're cool. I, I, I dig. I, I dig. You know, T Swift is very. You know, critical of the whole Ticketmaster debacle thing. So us indie artists appreciate that whole thing of going after the big dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucked up, man. I feel, you know, I'm not a t- Taylor Swift fan by any means, mm-hmm. but I feel bad for the people that are, that couldn't get those tickets. It's fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up. Totally fucked up. It's a fucked up situation. <laughs> but I'm, the interesting news... Did I, I tell you I'm sick? Did I tell you I'm sick? <laughs> I'm really fucking sick right now. <laughs> I am going to be fucking hurting tomorrow. But like, ex- like just expelling all this energy that I have. Uh, anyway, uh, Chris, I know that you have a very special announcement. And with this announcement, Chris, um, yeah, Chris is like, I'm leaving Volk. And like, Elliot has no idea. Like, he's like, he's like, he's like, surprise twist. Jake is joining Volk. <laughs> <laughs> In a surprise move, Jake is joining Volk and has no skill of any instrument at all. Um, but uh, no, you got an announcement to make, and uh, I want you—you know—you know—give it, give it some gusto. Don't be like Joe trying to promote his book at the end of an episode yeah. where he sounds ashamed of it or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ah, oh, shit. I didn't even prep. All right, motherfuckers. You know, come April. Uh, 29th, Volk is going to give you an enema of rock and roll straight up your ass. Um, you know, we got our first uh, new music uh, coming since the release of Cashville. We got a Volk EP coming out with uh, some really cool stuff. It's got a, a brand new single uh, called Stand the Test and a couple of really cool remixes. And you guys are going to be stoked of the people that we wrangled to get on these songs and the stuff that we did and whole new direction for Volk. We're no longer cow punk. We're, we're, we're calling it cyber cow punk. So huge twist there. Um, buy our shit. Dude, I'm telling you, man, that the single that you, you sent me, I, uh, got, I listened to it and I was like, holy shit, this, this is really good. Thanks, man. Yeah. We got to like the EP is going to be like very much a transitional thing of like the album, as I said, like, it's a very, I don't want to call it like a new direction. Like we're like leaving everything behind, but just like growing. And we wrote, worked with a great producer named John Pedigo, um, uh, who's an awesome sound engineer, musician himself. He's in some great bands, but to nerd out, like he, he's done stuff for Joshua Walker for people in the country world, but like, you know, maybe like underground cowpunk, uh, the old 97s, which everybody should know. Cause old 97s were in, uh, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. They were the band singing the song. Uh, what yeah, was it called? Christmas that song? Christmas yeah. song that they sang. Oh, yeah, the Christmas special. Yeah, that's that's, awesome. that's that's old ninety sevens. And so John's worked with them. Uh, we've wrangled in our buddies Electric Six or one half of Electric Six um, to be doing songs. And the the song that you Joe and or Brian and jo- Joe you guys heard was uh, two thirds of Electric Six. 
with some synth work and some bass work. So we're really excited for it. Um, and it's going to be out April 29th, but you guys are going to start seeing some really badass music videos made by the same guy, Patrick Pearson, who did uh, Welcome to Cashville music video and uh, some. we'll be releasing singles over the next couple of months. So we're really excited for everybody. I'm excited for you, dude. Uh, welcome to Cashville. Check out the fucking video. I mean, it's incredible. The song is incredible. Seriously, like, you know, if you like music, most people do. I'm fucking always on Spotify or listening to something. And so mm-hmm. check it at it. You know, like them on Spotify, heart them on Spotify. I mean, you guys are, you guys are really, really talented. And, um, where, I mean, uh, as far as like touring and things like that, where can people go to, to find out if they're going to be? And he, here's the thing, like, if you guys are touring and people come out, just like, you know, go up to Chris, go up to Elliot, let him know you're in the leftover army. You're there to support them and have a good time. Bring some friends and I show, mean, just like you can be that cool fucking friend. That's like, <laughs> oh, my God, I know about this fucking cool new band and uh, not new, but new to them. Be like you you can be the one that introduces all your friends to this band before they fucking blow up and everybody will be like, Oh my, Oh my God. I was in on the ground floor of Volk before they were blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Before James Gunn (laughs) used them in season two of Peacemaker. But yeah, I'm definitely trying to sell out. Yeah. I'm I'm tired of doing Uber Eats. I just want people (laughs) to pay me. I really want people to pay me, play me, pay me to play a toy. There you Um, go. But no, I mean, like the rule has always been like any PCL, like leftover army member, if they just message me, I'll get you guys on the guest list. Like Melissa Sloter and her sister came to the Chicago show last year. Tristan Brown's been to a couple of shows. Neil's been to a couple of shows. Dan and Steve from Heroes of Noise have come to to some shows. Um, so love love just hanging out and talking nerd stuff at the shows and things like that. And I, like I, every show, I'm just like, so what are you watching on TV lately? Like I, I need to know. Like. I haven't got to watch, listen to PCL this week, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing. Like, people meet me and they're like, let's talk uh, TV and movies. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's all I do. <laughs> we had a great time. Though. I know. I know. Fun. I know. I let it slide. So I let it like, slide with you, Chris. No, I'm but, it was like, but it was more like about the creation of the show. And yeah. like, it was so cool to see how much how much of the vision you had worked out. And like, yeah. you had the theme song before the podcast. It's like, that's fucking dope. No, I like it when I get to meet new people. And I like it when people yeah. want to know, like, you know, a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff. Cause I, I, you know, I am proud of PCL. So it's, uh, you know, it's something, you know, just like with the band, I'm sure you're very proud of what you and Elliot have done and you want to talk about that. So, you know, it's, it's the complete opposite of Joe talking about his book at the end of the episode. You know what I mean? <laughs> Joe, you should be proud of your goddamn book is what I'm saying, buddy. I know. I'm so bad at self-promotion. It's terrible. Oh, it's the only <laughs> place where you don't want to be bad as, a, as an artist is like to, to stand up and be like, my shit's awesome. Check it out. And, you know, and don't be humble about it. Yeah. No, you got to have. No, seriously, you got to take you got to take big dick energy and apply it in every aspect of your life. That's going to be like my motto. For 2023, take your big dick energy and apply it in every aspect of your life. I'm also self-deprecating, Joe. I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get yeah, it. You know, growing up as the fat kid with glasses, I learned quickly, like with my sense of humor, like take yourself out first, <laughs> and then they have nothing to stand on. <laughs> Look at Eminem walking the eight mile over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> Take it off Falcon and Falcon, you know, and just beat him. Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Who? What? What was his name in that movie? Papa Doc. Yes, I'm. I'm like almost positive of that. What a great fucking movie! I heard a rumor. About, I heard about a rumor about him uh, being uh, in a movie with Lady Gaga that never happened or something. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I'm, maybe I'm making that up. Maybe it was a fucking fever dream. I've been sick for a goddamn month. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, guys. But, we but, oh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say before I forget, number one goal of Volk is to sell out so that we can bankroll PCL force. You know, you know, we have Joe, we have Jake, we have Brian, and you guys are able to, like, do this show as the one thing. And, and you know, Jake, he's just will be like the magic, the gathering tournament sponsor. That's like number one goal in my head. Like most of the time, it's just like, how can I get rich so i can just fund all my friends projects that i want to see so that's, that's our goal yeah let's That'll be honest as, as soon as you as soon as you you're gonna forget us you're gonna forget yeah. us you're gonna be on stage <laughs> accepting some fucking grammy and you're gonna be like i want to thank uh, everybody but pcl <laughs> <laughs> anyway no where can people where can people find out information for volk man what's what's all the socials man uh, best place is livevolk.com. Um, don't just search Volk online. You'll go with the weird German word and then probably some weird German porn or some shit. Um, it was, it was, I was young. Uh, bad joke. Sorry, guys. Uh, Facebook <laughs> slash Live Volk. Instagram. See, I'm not a cool person. You can approach me. Instagram slash Volk underscore band. Um, those are the two. We have a Twitter, but mostly it's just me talking to Brian and Joe and uh, and uh, Kevin Shank. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Shanks, man. Gotta have him back on. Yeah, you do. <sighs> dude. He was at our indie show. Last week, uh, yeah, it was last week, uh, I, uh, talked about the uh, devotion contest, and uh, now we're going to be going over the winners for the uh, devotion digital codes and so let's see here. All right. Yeah, remove name from list after drawing winner. Might as well just say Monica Grolins and fucking. <laughs> anyway, here we go. Number one, Eric Marable. Hell yeah. I know. Love that guy. Eric Marable, you won a uh, digital copy of uh, Devotion with Glenn Powell and Jonathan Majors. Number two, Rob Forrest. Number three, yeah. Paul Hart. Paul Hart loves that fucking movie. I'm so happy that he won. Yeah, absolutely. I swear I can take a screenshot of like this that I'm fucking doing this. I'm not making this shit up. I'm clicking pick again and Paul Hart name his name showed. I'm not I'm not playing favorites here, people. I hate all of you equally. <laughs> Kidding. Ryan Bradshaw, number four. Oh, and yeah. final winner, Kevin Boyd. Woo. Kevin Boyd, you win a digital copy. So five winners there. Kevin Boyd, Ryan Bradshaw, Paul Hart, Rob Forrest, Eric Marable. Five digital copies of Devotion. And I've got a new contest. Going to go over the winners for this new contest next week. I've got five digital codes for a movie I hadn't even heard about, but it sounds really fucking good. It's from Paramount Pictures, a young, gifted rapper. It's uh, called On the Come Up. 
Uh, a young gifted rapper faces the dilemma on her way to stardom and learns it only takes one battle to change your life. Directed by Sanaa Lathan on the come up stars Jamila C. Gray, Divine Joy Randolph, Lil Yachty, and Cliff Method Man Smith. Available to buy on digital or DVD now. It's rated PG-13 from Paramount Pictures, and I've got five digital copies I'm going to be giving out next week. I'm going to be putting out a on-the-come-up tweet and on-the-come-up Facebook post. All you have to do is share it on Facebook, retweet it on Twitter, screenshot that you did, send me proof to contest at popcultureleftovers.com with the title On The Come Up. And that's spelled C-O-M-E, not C-U-M. <laughs> it's a different movie. Both equally good. <laughs> right, look that up while you were talking about it. It looks incredible. It does. It looks really good. Um, but, uh, yeah, on the come up, I'm actually really wanting to watch this movie uh, now. Joe, after after being – I'd never even heard of it. And then they, and they sent me this and I was like, yeah, I, I definitely am interested in – Letting our listeners have a shot at watching this one—it sounds very good. But um, I'm excited yeah. that Method Man's in it too. Like, Hell yeah. dude, I, I've <clears throat> I've been a huge fan of that guy since I was like a teenager. Oh god, like yeah, over half my life, like I've been like, fuck yeah, Method Man. So that's awesome. And he's like one of these rappers turned actor that are actually really fucking good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's actually a talented actor. He was fantastic. He's one of my favorite characters in The Wire. He was one of my favorite characters for that show. He was good in the deuce as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Dude's Jack, too. He's a total gym rat. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, man. Mm, I'm dying. That's an amazing promo. I'll, I, I want to watch that movie. That was amazing, Brian. Thank you. I do what I can. Yeah. Man, it's almost like I do this every week, isn't it, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> like you got some practice. Yeah. So, anyway... Yeah, we're gonna get the good pop, bad pop, go over to the ship that we saw. But anyway, I was I was observing my cats one day. They were uh eating. Like uh I think it was uh yeah, it was uh Rigby, the, the my youngest cat, was uh eating out of the bowl. And um and he he, the oldest cat, he's about thirteen, fourteen, uh gets gets right he's like, That's my fucking food, bitch, and he fucking slaps Rigby in the face, just swats him in the face as Rigby's eating. And I'm just like, nature is fucked up. Animals are fucked up. Imagine if we're at C2E2, Joe, and I see you eating a pork sandwich. Pulled pork sandwich. Barbecue pulled pork sandwich. And I'm just like, man, I want that. And I slap you in the face. <laughs> How far? Sandwich on the floor. <laughs> sandwich on the floor. That's fuck. I'd definitely cry. Both both for the waste of a good pork sandwich and also the knowledge that my $10 pork sandwich is now on the floor. I know shit. Fucking $10 they're going to charge at C2E2 for that fucking sandwich. <laughs> it's fucking highway robbery. It'd be my second rule. It'd be cheaper to buy a pig oh, and God. slaughter the pig yourself. <laughs> I'm just going to bring pigs to the <laughs> I'm going to bring I'm going to bring live pigs to C2E2 and just slaughter them up in the room. Oh, no. I can see doing a Charlotte's Web cosplay. What is this? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he's a spectacular pig, isn't he? <laughs> Tomorrow he's going to be a spectacular meal in my son- stomach. Anyway, yeah, this is, cats are weird. I love them, but man, slapping. Slapping another creature for food. It's fucked up. <laughs> 
Like, how long had that been building up also where he, he's like, he's eating out of that fucking food yeah. bowl? Yeah, fuck Not you, today, bitch. bitch. Not today, bitch. <laughs> Bam! World star, you know? <laughs> World star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cats are wild like that, man. You just never know. You know, and in that capacity, is like every one of them. And it almost seemingly doesn't matter how big the target is. They might, you know, they might give it some slaps. Yeah. Yeah. Whew, boy. Man. I think, I think, uh, I think all my energy's gone. I think I hit the wall there, gentlemen. <laughs> Let's just wrap it. Want to wrap it? You know, we did all the important shit, the contest, you know, Volk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we can wrap it. I'm trying to remember the tagline. How about I just do rapid fire, name off the movie and show this week, and we could just give our rating real quick. You know what I mean? Just shout our rating yeah. lightning style. <laughs> yeah. Just boom, lightning round. And then, you know, and then news be like, ah, James Gunn, DC, uh, Daredevil, <laughs> uh, Secret Wars. Uh, <laughs> Just do it in short haikus. You can't use more than seven syllables to describe each thing. Five, seven, five. Come on. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Oh, I might boy. have been an English teacher in another life and just forgot that basic fact, but whatever. That's hysterical. <laughs> mm. All right. You guys ready for the good pop, bad pop? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it ain't coming. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I'm taking my good pop, bad pop, and I'm going home. Here we... I just tricked you guys into watching like, this shit. Yeah, we're liking that the sex scene for for uh, the the drop. Let's get there. Not coming. Let's yeah. get there. <laughs> All right, we're making jokes that make no sense. Here we go. It's time for good pop, bad pop. For more leftover reviews with good pop, bad pop, good drop, bad drop. <laughs> Sorry, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, we watched a movie called The Drop. We'll talk about it later. Uh, we do have a rating system. If this is your first time, listen to it. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, let's see here. Joe. Talk to me. You finally watched after fucking three decades. uh, (laughs) You finally watched... Fuck yeah, it's going to come up. It's number one here on Good Pop, App Pop for me. You finally saw fucking Aliens again. Last week on the Tuppies, uh, you said you hadn't seen Aliens probably since the uh, the 90s. Uh, we ha- I asked for Paul Reiser's best performance. You gave me his performance as legend in The Boys Season 3 as the pinnacle Paul Reiser performance. You've seen Aliens talk to me are you i mean serious no i mean i i just want to know i just want to know thoughts on the movie and then you can you can tell me about you know paul riser if it doesn't live up to his performance in season three of the boys i'll accept it but i just i'm curious (laughs) no you were you were you guys weren't wrong it was an incredible performance from him um you know it had been so long since i'd seen that movie like i was i was probably a preteen because i was young enough to where the first time i watched it it like scared the shit out of me because when i was 
when I was really little, I was really, really terrified of scary movies. Like even like the 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 wolf creature from from the never ending story. Like I'd run and hide behind the fucking sofa. And so we bought a new house when I was Oh, what was I? Probably like seven years old. And I remember watching Aliens with the neighbors and it scaring the shit out of me. And so I didn't watch it again until last week. <laughs> and, uh, dude, it, it was fantastic. It, and what's funny, too, is now watching it as an adult that, you know, I've seen like legitimate scary movies. Like, I was like, this isn't scary at all. I mean, it's got some really great, like, you know, tense moments in it. But really, it's just a, it's an awesome action movie. and. Yeah, I, I fucking loved it, dude. It, it was one where I looked up on streaming apps. I saw it wasn't straight or I looked it up on just watch. It wasn't streaming anywhere. And so I just said, fuck it. I'm, I've, I've heard nothing bad about this. I'm buying it. And so I just bought the theatrical cut and well worth the price of admission, dude. It's, it's a movie that I'm going to watch again. Uh, it's, uh, I, I, I've, I've been slowly introducing my kids to, to movies from you know, like eighties and nineties and action movies and stuff like that. So going to have to start on alien and show them that one first. And from what I remember, alien was definitely more of a scary movie, whereas aliens is a much more action oriented movie. And so I think I'll still have to start and show them the first one first, and then we'll go into the second one. But I loved it. I loved it. It was and, and you guys weren't wrong. Paul Reiser's performance, and it was really great. Uh, it had been long enough since I'd seen it that I didn't really remember the nuts and bolts of his performance. But from what you guys were telling me, I was like, okay, he, this guy's going to do a heel turn at some point, and he's going to be a bad guy. Because when the movie starts out, you're really thinking that he's on Ripley's side. And yeah, it is absolutely not that way. And it was a fantastic performance for him. I, I will say his performance as the legend was much funnier. <laughs> <laughs> But but you know his his performance at Aliens isn't meant to be comedic, it, and it was it was a fantastic performance. And I remember when he first came on the screen, I was like, it'd been so long since I'd seen young Paul Reiser. I was like, holy shit, look at how young this guy is! It, it, incredible. It was it was fantastic. I'm glad you guys shamed me into watching it. Uh, it, it was one of those ones where where shaming has a positive outcome. Yeah, because you know now I got to watch this awesome movie and I, I own it as part of my digital library now, so I'll be able to go back and revisit it anytime I want. Yeah, certainly sooner than thirty years. Yeah, I bought the like the four disc Blu-ray set of like Alien, Aliens, Alien Three, and then Alien Resurrection, and uh, I you know I'm not a huge fan of Alien Three or Resurrection, but uh, just to have Alien and Aliens on hand to watch whenever I want to. Oh God, I love it. Um, yeah, the scene where like the aliens are like right on top of them and they look at them and you can see them crawling through the fucking ceiling. It's just like, oh my God, so creepy, it's so good. And I just, um, Michael Bean actually was not originally cast in the movie. They had cast a completely different actor. I, I was showing you and Jake the other day. The, it was the actor from Warriors. Can't remember what his name is off the top of my head. But he's been in a lot of stuff. He's been in a lot of stuff. If you yeah. see him, you know him. Yeah, exactly. He's one of those guys. But uh, yeah, a I, lot of great performances in that movie too. Mike, Michael Bain was fantastic. Yeah, Bill Paxton was amazing in it. Oh, Paxton's so good in that movie. Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> yeah, just freaking the fuck out. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> yeah. just love it. He just comes in there like a hard ass, like he's a badass Marine. And then um, Cameron actually, uh, it's crazy. It's like 
Cameron based those relationships off of the book Starship Troopers. Hmm. And then oh, totally yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Totally yeah, and then God damn it, he like to take to take aliens and then turn it into that kind of like action movie with the mm. see, as a kid I loved aliens more than I liked alien because I you know I, I was just I was a kid you know being raised in the 80s and 90s and I just liked I liked big guns you know what I mean mm. and as yeah, I got, I got old, big guns yeah, yeah as I got older I was like I really appreciated alien a lot more it's not that I didn't lo- love alien it's just aliens for me it was just like that action you know one of those action movies that i absolutely loved but uh, yeah i'm glad you watched it i'm glad you enjoyed the performance i had to i had to know um but uh, yeah it's awesome joe uh, yeah and that was james remar that actor that, that was originally yeah, playing him. james remar yep you should I, go and watch the movies that made us on it uh, i have seen that, that I have yeah. seen that and there's a there's another documentary that i that i watched oh my god i'd have to look it up um, another documentary that I watched about aliens. It's tremendous. I'd have to look it up. I don't know it off the top of my head. Um, anyway, uh, Joe and I both watched a movie called, uh, New York Ninja. <laughs> I, I was just on Showtime and I saw it, Joe. And it, the movie was originally shot in 1984 and they didn't finish it until 2021. Um, they, it's, oh. it, this, this movie studio found it in their vault and they lost all the audio for it, but they had like all the, the, the film for it. So like they restored the film and then they had voice actors come in and, you know, basically like record like their own script. They tried to stay true to it, but they also probably didn't know everything everybody was saying. And they tried to make, Mm. it's about, uh, a sound technician for a news station becomes a vigilante ninja in New York City after his pregnant wife is murdered. And Joe, Joe, what did you think about New York Ninja? Dude, I I said what the fuck out loud so many times watching this. <laughs> like, it's it's definitely a product of the '80s when you watch it, and th- you can tell the the lead in it is a talented martial artist he can do lots of really cool kung fu stuff but just being the way that they did this movie the the fact that that it was this old film that was shot in 84 and it just was never completed and they had to do all this adr to to put dialogue in it i found myself wishing they would have given it a little bit of the kung pao treatment and and kind of leaned into the fact that this movie is just really fucking cheesy i mean it's a total 80s kung fu ripoff type movie. I mean, it's it's not good. It, it yeah. I'd go so far as to say that it it almost makes American Ninja like look like r- the raid. You know, <laughs> like it's just not awesome. But I, this there's parts of this where it's like this is a fucking fever dream. Whoever wrote this, the the villain in it is just fucking bonkers absolutely fucking crazy um let's what about the the when 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 the new york ninja is fighting thugs while roller skating oh my god i can't believe i forgot about that yeah that was one of the what the fuck moments yeah is he wearing fucking roller it was the dumbest shit i've ever seen (laughs) it was so bad the choreo the choreography it was so bad i was just like this 
none of this that he's doing right now is possible. Like, this is just the dumbest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> he hits the one guy in the back with a with a with like a, a throwing star, and the guy acts like he got shot and fell down. And it's like, no, dude, you got like a like a half inch of steel in your back. Yeah, you're you're, you're angry right now. You're not dead. Yeah, Th- this movie's ripe for a riff tracks. Oh, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. yeah. It seems like a missed opportunity for a bad lip reading. Yeah. Like, you could have made, like, a very sim- silly... Well, and, and that's why I'm saying they should have given... Did you ever watch Kung Pao? I love Kung Way Pao. I love Kung Pao. It's, uh, what's his name? Is, uh, is... His last name's... Remember his last name's Odakirk, not... He, d- I have, I have his set of all thumbs videos. It's basically he takes, <laughs> he, he takes. I remember you telling me about that. Before. Yeah, look it up. It's called All Thumbs, and he does Titanic. He does Star Wars, like the Phantom Menace. It's called the Phantom Thumb. Um, it's <laughs> he's got thumb tan, thumb tan, thumb tanic, uh, bat thumb, which is a Batman, and it's basically his thumbs have eyes on them, and then like yeah. a real human moving mouth on his thumbs, and he acts out these fucking i own all all of them. <laughs> i own all of them on dvd joe <laughs> that's amazing well for, for anybody who's unfamiliar with kung pao they took a what is it like three different kung fu movies yes and and pulled scenes from a bunch of different ones and then superimposed this main character over the top of it playing this chosen one that has to go and fight this bad guy and they made it really really funny they had the adr yeah. You know, all the lines in it. And and I just felt like this movie, it would have been perfect for that because you just watch it. And the way they did it with like this really earnest take on it of, you know, let, let's do this really seriously. It's like, no, you can't because just watching this thing, it's I think even if it would have come out in 84, it still would have been a giant turd. Yeah. The only way to improve this thing is to try and lean into the fact that it's silly and so let's change the dialogue to make it funny and lean into that. And so it was a missed opportunity on their part. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. New York Ninja, I'm giving it a very low taste it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that rating. I think a low taste it is the only reason because- I'm the only reason I am giving it a low taste it and just not tossing this thing is the fact that like it is interesting seeing like this movie that never came to surface and these guys did put in like the effort to get it out there. And it's just like this lost piece of film that they, you know, you know, that they found. And I thought it was a valiant effort. And there are some moments that are somewhat entertaining, but overall it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a dumpster fire. Oh yeah. And it's, and for me, (laughs) it, it fits that category of it's so bad that it can be comedic. And so if you, you know, have some beers, maybe some other stuff, if you sit and watch this with a group of friends and just riff on it, you're going to have a much better time than like just sitting and watching it and taking it seriously. And the villain who can't be out in daylight, who's kind of like radioactive or something, and he's having sex with this woman and he's burning her back. That was the weirdest shit I've ever seen. Weirdest. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it was like, okay, which which one of this pool of, of actresses can we get to take off her shirt that has the biggest boobs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 80s trope. The 80s trope. That's like prime yeah. real estate for a Kung Pao of like, just like 80s cop movie. Like they could just do that with a couple of really bad films. 
I had you guys watch uh, an animated show that I missed last year. It came out last year. And um, I was looking at some top 10 lists on the on the Internet. And uh, one of the one of the, uh, one of the lists, uh, some, the one the writer talked about a new animated show that I'd never heard about called Smiling Friends. And so it's an adult animated show, and I was like, I've got to check this out. So it's on Adult Swim, or, and then Joe, you told me that you could watch them all on HBO Max. And uh, it's it's a group of weird characters that work for a company called Smiling Friends. So if somebody's upset. They call in to Smiling Friends, and then their boss sends uh, – is it is it Pim and Charlie? Yes. Yeah. Out, out to cheer them up. And um, I've watched – what is it? Nine episodes? I've watched all nine. They're only like 11 minutes apiece since it <laughs> – since it's like one of those adult swim shows like that they give them like that 15-minute block and they turn out to be like 11 minutes. Joe, I fucking I, – I'm in love with the show. I, I – it is it is fantastic. This is an absolute Tupperware. You watched it. I, I know you loved it as well. Oh yeah, easy Tupperware. The the first episode, I was like howling with laughter at it, and and mostly because it's so incredibly fucked up and inappropriate. It's one of those subjects you should not be laughing about. Um, <laughs> it's like, I, I, I got to give away the hook of, of, for this first episode. Um, they get called in from this mother to come cheer up her son and they get there and it turns out the son is actually like a middle-aged man that's in a messy bedroom and he's holding a revolver to his head. And so they're trying to cheer him up and make it so he doesn't want to kill himself. And so they take him to a party. They, they take, they put, they come to a fucking amusement park and put him on a roller coaster and throughout everything, he's holding this gun to his head. <laughs> he's so, you so shouldn't be laughing at it, but the way that they present it and with the voice acting and everything and the way that it's animated, it just absolutely worked for me on every level. It was a total Tupperware. I couldn't stop watching it. I watched all nine episodes and, I, I loved it. it. Had I watched it last year, it it would have been in my tuppies for for the uh, animated TV show. Yeah. Oh, me. Sure. It was right up there with it as much as I enjoyed Farzar. Yeah, I, I actually like this a tad bit more. Well, maybe it's shiny new toy syndrome. I'd have to watch them back to back. But I, I really love Smiling Friends. It's yeah, it's definitely right up there with Farzar. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely loved it. It was. Because I remember you text me, you're like, you check this out. Yeah. I don't really know what to think of it at this point. <laughs> and so I go into it with a little bit of trepidation, like, oh, it's Adult Swim. It could be really out there. What am I going to be seeing? I didn't expect that. And it was so funny. And all the different shenanigans and hijinks they get up to. And, and, I'll, and I, I think every episode is worthwhile. But I've gone back and watched that first one probably three or four times. That fucking RPG episode where they have to go on the quests and they have like yes. – they have the character that looks like Frodo from Lord of the Rings, like the yeah, the Hobbit the animated Lord of the Rings. Yeah, the animated Hobbit movie. Chris, you watched? Did you watch this too? Yeah, I, I caught two episodes last night. I uh, also Tupperware. It was like my surprise thing of like, what is this? And that I fucking loved it. Like exactly like Joe said, it's like that 
it's the George Carlin of, of, of like, of, of comedies. That's like, it just goes in that inappropriate spot, you know, it goes there and it, and it just like that huge dark humor, like right when the guy like entered the room and he's got the gun to his head, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, when you were talking about knocking the pork sandwich out of Joe's hand, I was thinking about Mr. Frog. I just like to keep on doing horrible things to people, but keep getting away with it and stuff like that. Oh, I know. Yeah. I, I got to watch the rest of it. Like, yeah, this is like definitely like my surprise Tupperware of the week. Like, yeah, I love how surreal it was. And just like that, like Rick and Morty style or that Rick and Morty, you know, Bojack Horseman thing of just going to that yeah. dark place and making fun of it or not making fun of it, but just, you know, just like looking at the absurdity, absurdity of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, a smi- it's called Smiling Friends. Yeah. And if you have HBO Max, you can watch it there. I watched uh, some of the episodes on the Adult Swim app. They're all there. I love the Adult Swim app. It's got, like, everything. I, I mean, I used to watch tons of Adult Swim back in the day. Mr. Pickles, Oral Moral, Saul of the Mole Men, uh, Fat Guy Stuck in Internet. I used to watch all of them, Joe. I was addicted. Oh, yeah, dude. I was I was obsessed with Metalocalypse and Squidbillies. Squidbillies. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, oh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, right? Aqua Teen Hunger Force, yes. I loved yeah. that show. Sea yeah. uh, Lab 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, dude, Sea Lab 2021. Yes. Fuck, that was my jam. I fucking loved I love that too. Um, Harvey Birdman. Oh, yeah. I used to watch them all. I was just, yeah, I love Adult Swim. And so yeah, was, this was a nice little surprise, smiling friends. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Um, which I guess, I, you know what? I wasn't going to lead into it, but I guess we can lead into the other animated stuff that came out this week. And I guess we'll jump into Velma, which premiered on HBO Max this week. It's the origin of the sleuth and member of the mystery Inc. gang Velma. So this is a spinoff of Scooby Doo. Uh, it's, uh, stars Mindy Kaling as the voice of Velma with, uh, Sam Richardson, who I love Sam Richardson, uh, Constant, w- Constance Wu. I love, really love Constance Wu. And then Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I love him. Uh, he plays Fred. Um, I hated this fucking show. And I know, like, mm. everyone right now is hating it. And it'd be cool if I could be on here and be like, I'm gonna go against the grain. I love this show. I don't care what people are saying on the internet. And I, and I say in that voice, which is stupid as well, but this show is terrible. Terrible. Um, there is, there's, I could, I watched the first episode and it was a chore and I was like, there's, they dropped two. I was like, there's no way I'm going into the second episode. I am done with this. I can't do it. Um, it's just a disservice to the character. It's, it's not funny. Um, I, I hated this show. It's an absolute toss it. And, um, I feel like they were just like, let's, I think that they were trying to go for like what they're doing in the Harley Quinn show mm-hmm. with, with mm-hmm. this, but it's just off. The comedy's off. It's just not good. I'm at a, at a toss it. I have nothing positive to say about this one, sadly. Joe, what'd you think about Velma? Yeah, I went into it with that same foreknowledge of, wow, the internet really fucking hates this. And I watched the first episode and, you know, right off the bat, I was like, this just feels like it's just trying really hard to be funny and edgy. And I had that same vibe where I feel like this is, this is kind of trying to be 
like Harley Quinn, which and with a lot of the complaints that I've heard online is people saying that, you know, this this isn't Scooby-Doo at all. Why Why didn't they just make this entirely different characters if they're not going to be, you know, honoring the yes. material? But that's one of the things that I love about Harley Quinn on HBO Max is that it is absolutely irreverent to the source material. Mm-hmm. They make a mockery of almost every fucking character that, that they bring in on that show. Like, except for like, I mean, Harley Quinn's got the real vibe. Poison Ivy's got the real vibe. But almost every other character they make a mockery of. Like, uh, Jim Gordon's an absolute drunk, not really a good cop <laughs> at all. You know, Batman's kind of a buffoon in it. The Joker is not really all that threatening he's more of kind of a fucking lovable goofball and but that works it absolutely works in that show um so i watched the first episode and the first episode was like a a low taste it for me where there was a handful of parts in it where it kind of made me laugh but you know it, it wasn't just a flat out toss it for me and i watched the second episode and the second episode actually had several scenes in it that made me laugh really hard and so the second episode was a taste it for me. And just the fact that it went up in quality a little bit, I'm I'm going to be watching the next episode when it comes out because, or actually I think next week, I think they're going to drop two episodes. I could be wrong on that. I might be mixing up shows, but um, I think that had they dropped every episode at once, there's a good chance that I might've continued watching. Assuming the episode three, would have been at least as good as episode two, if not better. Um, but but overall, I, it does feel like it's a huge miss. I don't see this this show continuing on just because it's like the internet is just mm. fucking piling mm. on on this show right now. I mean, it, it's got like maybe like a eight percent or seven. Less. seven Last time I saw it was a seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes I mean, for the audience. Yeah, and there is like if you get if you go through Reddit and look up posts on it. If you want to see people giving the show praise, you pretty much have to sort by like controversial comments <laughs> Wow! <laughs> or, or scroll all the way to the bottom to the things that are downvoted into oblivion. And then those people who said they like it are getting attacked. And so <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, I don't see the future of the show going very well just because the audiences just are not accepting it. Um, I, I do think it has some redeeming qualities. I don't think it's quite as bad as, is a lot of people are, are making it out to be. But in the same week that I watched Smiling Friends, this is, it doesn't even hold a candle. Yeah. Um, but but it wasn't a toss-it for me by any means. And, and I'm hoping that it can get a little bit better and at least we can have salvage a bit of the third season because there's some legit funny parts in in the in the second episode. But but the first episode was was kind of a chore to get through. So I can understand why people watched the first episode and was like, fuck this, I'm out. And then by that same measure, I I can also kind of understand why HBO Max maybe dropped the two episodes in one go, is maybe that was a common feeling that, hey, this Mm. first episode just does so much to set up what we're doing here. And it's it's such a shock. I mean, because, dude, I grew up on Scooby-Doo. Like, that was, like, I would get home from school, and I would turn on the TV, and I would watch Scooby-Doo. And that was my jam. Like, I, like, I've, yeah, like I could go out and dig through storage totes out in my garage and still find old Scooby Doo plushies and stuff like that from when I was a kid that you know I couldn't bear to throw away. It was good and, enough just watching Scooby Doo gang like hang out with the Harlem Globetrotters or hang out with Batman sixty six or hang out with Gilligan's Gilligan's Island characters. I love that shit. This is just too. 
fucking it's too fucking out there. I mean, I know it's more yeah. adult and I sometimes I love that kind of shit because I watched this where they take, you know, beloved character from a child from, you know, like a, a childhood show. And then th- also this week I watched um the Brady Bunch movie from the 90s where they Oh nice. And I was like, man, I still love this show, this movie. This movie is so fucking funny. Um <laughs> Jan is just so ridiculous in that movie. Like everybody is just they everybody treats Jan like shit. There's they're gonna oh god, let me just there's one part I love in the movie so much. They're gonna lose their house. They owe like twenty thousand dollars in taxes. And so they're trying to raise $20,000 so they can pay off the taxes and keep the house so it doesn't get auctioned. And the kids call a kid meeting and they're all together, all six of them. And Jan is like, guys, we're going to lose our house. We're going to have to move. We're going to lose all our friends. And Marsha goes, but Jan, you have no friends. Oh, it's still funny. It's still funny. And I like how it's in like that 90s time bubble. Yes. You know, yeah. and and, and they're uh, steaming, seemingly still stuck in the 70s. Yeah, it's like you got like the kids from Clueless meet like, you know, uh, the Brady Bunch. <laughs> and yeah, and they're still stuck in the 70s. It's so fucking funny. I, I love the scene where they run into Sam the Butcher in the middle of the night in the house. They're like, <laughs> Sam, what are you doing? He's like, just delivering some meat. <laughs> he's, sm- he's smoking a cigar. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, um, oh, God. And then I, <laughs> uh, at the end where they're all like in the different you know, TV boxes and you can see them. They actually have like the real Mrs. Brady show up and it's, uh, and she's actually holding a, a thing of Wesson oil. She used to do the Wesson oil commercials back in the eighties. <laughs> anyway, uh, Chris, what <laughs> I see Velma's so bad. I'm talking about the Brady Bunch movie. Um, Chris, <laughs> what did you think about Velma? Uh, yeah, I'm probably pretty in line with, like, Joe. Like, I'll give it a taste it. I did find myself laughing at parts, but, like, like you guys were talking about it. Like, it's trying to do the Harley Quinn, like, almost Cobra Kai thing. But, like, I know, like, with, with Harley Quinn, it, like, it, it makes fun of those characters. But, like, you know that the people making Harley Quinn and you know the people who make Cobra Kai are fans of the IP. Whereas this one, they were just like, here's a show and we're just going to throw scooby-doo ip on it like i didn't even know that that was daphne at the beginning um so it's just like there doesn't seem to be like the i i the, that's like legit criticisms that i'm seeing is just like the characters like 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 we were talking like with harvey birdman you know like classic cartoon it's just like i can still recognize that character and things like that but with this one it's just like I mean, it's it's a taste it for me. Like my fiance wants to watch it when she gets back, and I I wouldn't be continuing it with if she wasn't coming back. I did like like the it looked like it had maybe like the same animation crew as Venture Brothers in the little spots. I don't know, but it looked it reminded me of that. Yeah, the animation's really similar to that in Harley Quinn. Like mm-hmm. you can see it in the way like they drew the faces on the characters yeah. and stuff. But yeah, I don't see this the show surviving. If I'm being honest, in today's with the fall of with the fall of Hollywood and everything and like, you know, just everything getting the axe. I don't see this surviving. I I did not like this. I found nothing redeemable, sadly, in that Mm -hmm. first episode, so much so that I couldn't force myself to watch the second episode. It was just making me 
angry and upset. I, I honestly feel like, and may, maybe people won't agree, but I've noticed that I think they should have somebody else come in here and watch this stuff. And I was thinking like Seth Rogen, like he's really good. I'm excited for his Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I think, oh, shoot. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, I didn't know that was happening. Yes, yes. I think it's Hell like yeah. a animated uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're getting closer to a trailer dropping. I know that much. Mm. But uh, Seth Rogen, you know, I know he's had some controversy as of late with all the Franco stuff. But, like, I still think mm. the guy is funny. I think the guy knows what's funny. And, I mean, you look at, like, what's been done on The Boys. He's been a big part of that. Was he involved in Invincible as well, Joe? That's what yeah. I was thinking he was. Yeah. He does the voice of the one alien, um, the one-eyed dude. Yeah, Alan yeah. the alien. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think like a guy like Seth Rogen, if he had any love for the property, if he were to give this show a look over, he could – he might be able to fucking script doctor, script doctor this shit and make it a little bit better. But I, I can't go back to it. So you guys – Honestly, I would, I would be, I can't even say, Hey, Joe, tell me if it gets better. Cause I don't fucking care. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you know. Um, ne- next, uh, I think new episodes drop on Thursday. Yeah. I plan on watching the next one. Yeah. And if it's even better than the second one, I'm going to continue watching. If you watch the full season and you tell me one episode is a can't miss, watch this episode. This will be the one that gets you hooked. I'll, I'll check it out, but I didn't even care about the mystery at all in 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 the in the first one so yeah i was not a fan sadly uh i guess we can talk about the next we'll just knock out the animated shit right now um koala man koala man dropped on hulu uh the series takes place in an alternate universe called bush world where the wreck of the titanic never happened indirectly resulting in the United States of America being destroyed, except Hollywood becoming an island, Australia becomes the world's superpower, and Nicole Kidman becomes its queen. Uh, the story follows Kevin Williams, an average middle-aged family man who decides to issue justice to the town of Dapto as the incredibly average superhero Koala Man. Possessing no powers and a simple costume, which is apparently enough to hide his identity, Kevin encounters a variety of evildoers and wish to do harm to his town. Kevin is joined by his family, who put up with his misadventures, including his down-to-earth wife, Vicky, his popularity-obsessed daughter, Allison, and his nerdy son, Liam, who secretly possess psychic powers. Who secretly possesses psychic powers. And it stars Michael Cusack. As uh, Kevin Williams, Koala Man, he does a bunch of other voices in the show. We've also got uh, Hugh Jackman plays Big Greg. And uh, Jermaine Clement uh, plays Principal Baswell. Don't go on – if you like this show, don't go on Wikipedia because Wikipedia spoils the identity of one of the characters in the show whose identity is hidden and they tease uh, at the end of uh, certain episodes, and I was spoiled to that today. But uh, regardless, uh, I'm not a huge fan of this show. Joe, did you say Michael Cusack is one of the Rick and Morty writers? No, he's one of the the creators of Smiling Friends, and he does the voice of him. <gasps> oh, well, uh, Smiling yeah. Friends is awesome. This show is very, very mediocre. I- I'll give it a... I'll give it a middle of the road taste it. Um, I'm, I'm not loving it. Um, I'm just at a middle of the road 
taste it with this one. But I want to hear from you guys. Chris, what are your thoughts on uh, the animated Hulu series Koala Man? I, I'm through six episodes, by the way. Mm. I'm, I'm at a low taste. It. I was like ready for the episode to end. It was just like I'm kind of, you know, outside of Rick and Morty, I'm kind of over that animation style. And just like like the way that like smiling friends would do these like off the wall things. And like go to these absurd things, it just wasn't happening. Like they would make these weird plot twist things, and it just like just didn't care. So yeah, it's it's I'm I'm not going to be going with it anymore. It's no it's no Kath and Kim in terms of great Australian exports. What was that? What was that name of that show? Kath and Kim. It, it's this hilarious. It's on Netflix. It's just this hilarious. It's like from the 2000s or something. It's it's a really goofy mom and daughter comedy thing it's hilarious okay i think human jackman's even a guest it you should you give it a chance it was something that colleen and i discovered during the pandemic and we just blasted through like i think it's like five seasons and it's just like a australian it's just really really goofy i'm trying to think of an american equivalent it's kind of like it's kind of like got that like maybe the office or um parks and rec but not in that like documentary style just kind of like that kind of humor okay um it's it's good give it a, give it an episode i'll give it a go um give it a go. <laughs> i'll give it a go I, I thought you called hugh jackman there i thought you called him human jackman for a second <laughs> <laughs> joe what did you think about oh go ahead i didn't have anything i'm sorry Damn you! Uh, yeah, I I feel much the same way that you did about this one, Brian. It yeah. was it was just a middle of the road taste it for me. I feel like episodes, almost every episode had at least one part in it that would make me laugh out loud. But but ultimately the it just didn't really work for me. I I watched the first five episodes, and I believe there's eight in the first season, and and I just didn't really care to 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 finish it. Um. There's some of the characters in it that I think are kind of funny. I think Koala Man himself is is <laughs> I, I don't even know what to think of him because he, he, he's he's like this superhero, but it's like he's like the superhero that's like making sure that your your lawn isn't higher than like the homeowners association like allows, like that sort of stuff, or or like helping an old lady program her remote on her TV or some shit. It's it's kind of weird, and then you get to episode four. And it's like all of a sudden it's way more of like a TV MA type vibe hmm. with with some of the stuff going on in that. And it's like this show just switched gears and, and went in a very weird direction. And then episode five, I, I thought it was a little bit funny. They're kind of making fun of the the Australian like children's musical group, The Wiggles. And and I thought that was kind of funny just because the the age that my children are. I, I remember when they were little and they would listen to the Wiggles and I would have those awful fucking songs stuck in my head. And <laughs> uh, so I don't know. It, there was like moments in each episode that would make me laugh. And and I think just like the, just the way the, 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 you know, all the different euphemisms and stuff that, that are clearly Australian in nature. So, you know, they're not, it's not the way you hear people talk or phrases that you hear people say, in America. And so those little differences were, were funny to me, but, but ultimately that I didn't even want to continue watching the show, but I think that there could be an audience for it out there. 
I'm just not it. So this is just a middle of the road taste it for me. And I don't see myself finishing the first season. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, I, I'm through fucking six. And the only reason I kept going is because like I pretty much had everything checked off the list. And I was just like, all right, let's <laughs> that keep... was my reason. Yeah. For continuing past episode, because I usually try and give everything at least three episodes. If there's yeah. if they drop a whole season. I, I, I think give it three episodes. And if, if it hasn't caught you by then, get out. Mm-hmm. And and I just kept watching because it's like, well, I've got everything else on the list watched. Yeah, I got some free time. Let's watch another episode of Koala Man and see if this one gets any better. <laughs> yeah. What if it's C2E2 this year? Every time you were eating something, Joe, I just s- s- smacked you. <laughs> <laughs> You'd become my new personal trainer. I'd be like, look how skinny I'm going to get every time I got a cookie in my hand, Brian's slapping it up. <laughs> and then I hand you like a fucking, like a, like a salary stick. <laughs> I feel like this is certainly not on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's see here. You guys let me know when you need a break. If Jake's not here, I don't want to, you know, overstay my welcome and not give you guys breaks. <laughs> After a while, you're just going to tell Joe, like, just ask for a break right now. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we went to the I, – I, I think we all got it. Hopefully, we got a chance to go to the theater this week. I, I did. I, I actually started – halfway through the movie, I started feeling like shit, but I still finished it. I uh, went to the theater this week, and I saw Megan. Uh, Megan is a marvel of artificial intelligence, a lifelike doll that's programmed to be a child's greatest companion and a parent's greatest ally, designed by Gemma, a brilliant roboticist. Uh, Megan can listen, watch, and learn as it plays the role of a friend and teacher, playmate, and protector. When Gemma becomes the unexpected caretaker of her eight-year-old niece, she decides to give the girl uh, a Megan prototype, a decision that leads to Unimaginable Consequences is directed by Gerard Stone, screenplay by Akella Cooper, stars Allison Williams and Violet McGraw with uh, Amy, Amy McDonald, uh, excuse me, Amy Donald physically portraying the character Megan and Jenna Davis voicing the character. And so basically at the beginning of this movie, you have uh, a girl named a young girl named Katie and her parents are involved in a car accident. They die. Uh, she is now going to live with her aunt, Gemma, a roboticist, uh, who works for a Seattle-based toy company called Funky. And they make these, uh, almost like these Furby dolls. And all the kids love these Furby dolls. And she invents like this new, like, childlike, this, 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 this robot that looks like a young girl that has artificial intelligence that will, uh, listen to your child and be its friend. And with Katie going through the death of her parents, she starts to form the bond with this robot and this robot's very protective and, uh, of Katie. And, um, it, you know, it's, P- I was surprised when I first saw the PG 13 rating. I, I thought that this was going to be an R. Um, but that aside, I really did think it was a fun, Movie. I, I I'm gonna give it a high taste. That I really did enjoy this movie quite a bit. I like the character of of Megan, um, and uh, I I was surprised at how much I liked it. I I, I do think that it, it the like the third act. Like I saw what was coming. Like I knew what was coming. It was kind of paint by numbers for me. I saw what was coming. I saw. Um, how the the final battle with this uh 
you know, doll was going to have, you know, how it was going to play out, but still, still enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm going to give it a high taste that, uh, Joe, what did you think about Megan? Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's a high taste it for me as well. I liked the movie way more than I thought I would. I, I figured it was going to go in and it was just going to feel, <clears throat> it was going to feel kind of like, just like a rip off of Chucky. And it, it really wasn't that it, it was more kind of amalgam of like Chucky and the Terminator and, I don't know, probably like a handful of other movies. It just felt like it, it felt like kind of like a stew of a, a handful of other things I've seen before. And I like the way they pulled it off. The, the, um, the little girl, uh, played by Violet McGraw. She was also, she played the, uh, young Nell in, uh, the haunting of Hill house on Netflix. And she did a mm. really good job in it. Uh, the, just the, the whole look of Megan was so creepy. And I love the way that they pulled that off in the film where at first glance, people would see this, this doll, you know, with this little girl and be like, Oh, it's two little girls. And they would do a double take and they get this look of horror on the, like a mix of like awe and horror on their face. I'm like, what the fuck am I looking at here? It's like uncanny Valley, like in, in the physical. And it just really worked the way, the way that they slow built it, with this robot slowly gaining more and more knowledge and then realizing that, you know, I don't know if I really give a fuck about anything in this world, except this little girl. And I don't know. It, it really worked for me. I liked the performances in it. I liked the tone it set. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if it does well enough to where if they give this some sort of sequel treatment, I'd be interested to see where it could go. It did well in the um, box office, man. I mean, some reports, million. Yeah, it did there really we well. It's I think cost so, twelve million to make. Yeah, I think some reports were saying it beat out Avatar that week. I don't think it did though. Mm-hmm. I think Avatar has been on top for the past five weeks. Yeah. So yes, Jake owes me twenty bucks. Everybody. <laughs> now, uh, one thing I will say with this movie it has nothing to do with the movie itself, but I I had the first. Well, what started out as like a, a negative theater experience, like the worst that I've had in years to where I'm sitting there, the movie starts and the way that the movie starts, it, it starts with like a, a commercial that's like in the world of this. But, you know, mm. the way that trailers go these days, it's like, is this a real tra- is this a real commercial? Is the movie even started yet? And I always have my my antisocial seat that I get every time in the theater. I try and get the topmost row clear over at the end, usually right at the top of the stairs, because then there's only the opportunity for one person to sit next to me. Otherwise I got the wall next to me. I got easy access out. I can just hop up and go right down the stairs and get the hell out. And so I'm sitting there and there's people. Well, and also I read the seating chart wrong. So instead of at the top of the stairs, I'm at the clear at the fucking end of the top row. (laughs) Mm. So I had to walk past everybody's feet. No big deal. I'm sitting there, but there's a dude five five seats down to my left staring at his phone and then a, a a a gal maybe like three seats down from him also on their phone and so i'm like all right maybe it's still no no this is this is way too weird there's no way this is a real commercial yep we're definitely watching the movie right now and so i lean forward and very politely like hey excuse me could you please shut off your phones hey thank you so much and so then the guy shuts off his phone right away the gal shuts off her phone And then all of a sudden she's back on her phone within 30 seconds. And not Mm. only is she on her phone, now she has the flashlight on also just shining at her feet. 
And then the people in the row in front of her kind of turn around and squint eyed looking back at her, but nobody's saying anything. I mean, I'm, I'm in, I'm in Iowa, pretty polite Midwestern crowds. People are just taking it. I'm not going to take it. And so I fucking bust out the dad voice and I'm like, Hey, shut off your phone. And then she shuts it off right away. And then I sit back in my seat and I can like feel the rage in my chest. I'm like, yeah. fucking Christ. <laughs> like it didn't come on again, but dude, I was so angry about the fact where it's like, I asked really fucking nice the first time and you're going to get back on and then up, turn it up and fucking put on your, fu- your flashlight. Also, you fucking inconsiderate asshole. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there just grinding my teeth and stewing. And I'm like, if you get up and leave, you're going to have to walk right past them. So just sit here, calm down, watch the movie. And, and, and I found my happy place and ended up really enjoying the movie. But dude, for the first 15 minutes, I was, it was just all thoughts of death and murder. (laughs) It was, it it takes a lot to push me to the point where I will yell Mm -hmm. at a stranger. I didn't yell. I raised my voice and I didn't drop any, any cuss words in the second time. If I would have had to say something a third time, I would have gone full fucking psycho and it would have been me leaving the theater <laughs> yeah. and getting a voucher to come see it again. Because by that point, <laughs> there it would have been like, oh, Crazy Joe's here. <laughs> Nobody likes Crazy Joe. You can see the whites all around his eyes. And so, see, yeah. See, Joe, the way that you use your dad voice is how you got to sell your, your novel, though, at the end of this episode. <laughs> That's how you do that. I don't Buy my fucking me. book. You know? I don't like I that will end you. <laughs> That version of me is intense. I went and I like to I'd much rather I have much better time being the affable, jovial guy. <laughs> but, dude, I'll tell you what, man, you push me too far and I'm going to turn into a fucking prick real fast. I forget what movie I was watching, uh, but uh, I was at the movies and there was like a there's like a 50 year old woman and like a 70 year older. Like, yeah, like a 70 year old woman. And uh, they start talking uh, during the trailers. That's fine. Whatever. Talk during the trailers. Um, and then, uh, movie starts though, and they're still talking and you can hear them and I'm on the other side of the theater and you can hear them. And, uh, I said, uh, real loud, I said, please be quiet. And they stopped and then they started talking again. And that's when I bust out, Hey, shut up. And then after the movie ended, a guy approaches me and he's like, you know what? I just want to thank you for telling those ladies to shut up. (laughs) Another time I went and saw Fighting With My Family. I actually had to see this twice because, Joe, it was one of those things where I did blow up in the movie theater and I had to leave. These girls were running in and out. It was just like social hour. Like they weren't there to see the movie. These teenage girls were just there to fucking talk throughout the entire fucking thing. And they kept running in and out and talking, running in and out and talking. And I blew up at the end. I had had enough. I stood up and I said, shut the fuck up. We all paid for this movie. And all this, this whole fucking time, all you've been doing is walking in and out and talking and giggling and all this shit. And then I was like, I can't stay here. And then I'm walking out and I see my nephew walking into another movie. <laughs> He's like, hi, Uncle Brian. And I'm like, hey. And I just walked out like I didn't create a whole scene in the movie. I I probably cussed out your girlfriend. I don't know. I have no idea. Oh, yeah. It, it had gotten so bad at the Marcus Theater where I usually go to 
with apparently teens coming in and doing that sort of stuff. Yeah. But they implemented a, a new rule there to where if it's any showing after 6 p.m. and you're under 18, you have to have an adult. Yep. Like an older adult. Or mm. I guess it would be an adult. You got to have an adult with you. Yeah. And yeah. But it's like I can – I mean anymore. It's like if you're going and seeing something – you know, maybe like it, like with the 3D upcharge or something, you're paying close to $20 for a movie ticket. And it's like, you know, for some people, they might, that might, I don't, you know, maybe they don't give a shit. They're just coming here with a group of friends and they want to have fun and throw popcorn and shit. I, not me. I'm, I'm a 42 year old man. I'm coming to the theater because I want to enjoy a theater experience. And if you're going to be an immature fuckwad that's going to mess with that, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to take it. And it's, it's going to, Oh, man, like I wouldn't say that I have a short fuse, but in certain instances, I have a short fuse. And that was one of them where it's like, come on, we I mean, dude, when we went and saw Bill Burr, I I had to, I was grinding my teeth because I wanted to turn around and tell the people behind us to shut the fuck up. Yeah. With their stupid social commentary. Mm. Where it's like nobody gives a fuck about your opinion of his jokes. Do you, do you think there's eight dollars for these seats? Shut the fuck up. Do you think there's people listening to this episode that are like, get back to the content. Stop bitching about your experiences, <laughs> no, old man. man. Fuck that. Yeah, but, you still have your nemesis, the the, <gasps> the giggling guy. man. Oh, my God. I recorded him. I recorded his <laughs> giggles. Um, I went and saw spoil. I got to play that on an episode. You got to make that a bumper. Joe, you've got to remind me. I didn't like you've got to remind me. Write it down. I'll write it down with the contest winners. So it'll go to you <laughs> in a picture message. I, re- I think I've picked him up. I have to go back and listen to it. But I saw spoiler alert in Springfield and he was there. And we're talking about like a movie where uh, a gay man is dying from a terminal illness illness and his oh, boyfriend no. yes and this guy laughs uncomfortably throughout the entire movie like <laughs> well, I feel good. like maybe he has like some sort of condition or something I, he's gotta be he's got yeah. i don't it's just it's and but when when something is like not funny but he still wants to make the noise he'll go hmm oh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah dude that's that's well, a terrible nemesis to have. I think yeah. I've drowned it out, though. I think I've drowned it out. I'm so used to it that I think I've drowned yeah. it out now. It's like living by the train tracks. Like it wakes mm-hmm. you up the first couple nights, but after a while, you can sleep through a train. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've I've hit that point with him where it's just part of like the ambient noise or something. You know, it's like I can, yeah. I can handle it. You know. <gasps> God, I'd probably be focusing on the fact that I want to throw him on the railroad tracks. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh. Actually, he's going to be next week's guest on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. It'll be a great one. Uh. Yeah, make that a bumper. And I just had the realization it's bittersweet with Jake soft retirement, but don't we, whenever we want to now, get to listen to the awesome Star Wars bumper? Yeah, when we have Star Wars news, I'll have to find that fucking. I, I, I don't know why it's not on my fucking, fucking love that song. Board. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so good, rule. Yeah. Uh, um. Uh, we, uh, Chris, we haven't got your thoughts on uh, on Megan. Oh, Megan. Uh, yeah, I think it was. I had so much fun. I like that. I didn't expect to have. It was, it was total Tupperware. Um, I looked like. I just loved how it like embraced what it was. It was. It's like like. Oh, dude, I have to thank you for telling us about Violent Night. That was my fucking movie of the year last year. I fucking love the shit, and I loved how it knew exactly what it wanted to be, and I appreciated how Megan knew 
Um, I love the guy who plays the boss. Um, he's like one of the correspondents on the Daily Show. What's his name? Um, but I love. Yeah, I love that actor and that comedian, and he just was killing it. And yeah, I, yeah, Tupperware for me. I had so much fun. And I was also thinking, you know, maybe the PG thirteen thing, like connecting dots or calculus or for Bloomhouse was they realized that they had kind of like a Gen Z hit, so they wanted to get that demographic in there. I'm not upset with it. I think it was the right yeah. choice. I think I think Same. it. I think it was good. I think it was fine as a PG-13 movie. I think they used their uh, F-bomb really well in the movie. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That dance was really catchy. I, I, I took the time to make a TikTok video with a Volk song on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with that creepy-ass dance that Mitch yeah, has in the yeah, hallway. Oh, yeah. I love it. That's See, there's a On the pot. what's that podcast that I love so much? It's called The, the Town with uh, Matt Bellamy. It's about Hollywood show business shit. He talks about it's like, yeah, this is just a genius move to do that dance. Like they like, you know, they intentionally put that dare because they wanted people to make TikTok videos of it. Yeah. It's like the whole wind. What's it called? Wednesday. Oh, yeah. I still to this. I still have not seen the Wednesday dance. Have no idea. I I haven't watched the show at all. Oh, that seems fantastic. Yeah, I, I I just couldn't get into it, Joe. I know it's like a huge hit. I just it just didn't I I couldn't get into it. But I'm I'm glad it's a hit. I'm glad people are going to get a season two. And I do love Jenna Ortega. I think she's fantastic. I think oh, she's really yeah, good. She made that show what it was. Yeah. I mean, it's <clears throat> it's not a perfect show by any means. I I think the the character design on the monster is it's almost like like first attempt at Sonic the Hedgehog CGI bad, eh. but but you know the, the there's other stuff in that show that that made it what it was and and really it comes down to Jenna Ortega's performance um you, sh- you should almost just look up on YouTube and just watch the clip of that dance cuz it is pretty good okay yeah i'll check that out did she host SNL oh that i do not know i haven't watched SNL in in a long time if she didn't she needs to they need to get her on SNL <laughs> Oh, for sure. With the, with the popularity that she's got now, if, yeah. if she hasn't already done it, she's on the short list for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is, that's Megan. Uh, highly recommend. Um, Dog Gone on Netflix uh, based on the true – it's a movie based on the true story of a father and son who repair their fractured relationship during a forced hike of the Appalachian Trail to find their beloved lost dog. Uh, And uh, another synopsis says, when his beloved dog goes missing, a young man embarks on an incredible search with his parents to find him and give him life-saving medication. So the dog has some sort of a, uh, like an illness or something like that where he needs to have medication, this medication once every 30 days to, to live. Otherwise without it, the dog can die. And, um, so you've got uh, this guy Fielding who's in college and he's like, I just don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And he's gone there all four years. He's about to graduate. All of his friends have jobs and um, lined up after they get out of college. And I just don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And like he's going to uh, – and he's going going through like a breakup. His ex-girlfriend is now with somebody else and he's – feeling like he needs something so he like tries to fill that void by going to like a shelter and getting a dog and he gets this dog and he names the dog gonker 
and loves the dog. Very sweet dog. I love, I think like that was probably my favorite part of this movie was the actual dog. The dog's performance was fucking great. I thought the dog was, I, I love the dog. Um, but, uh, ends up going out, uh, on the trail with his buddy and, and the dog sees a fox. The dog likes to live. He doesn't put the dog on a leash and the dog sees a fox and his buddy says, Oh, look, a fox. Go, go get him. Go get him, Gonker. And the dog never comes back. And so it's a race against time to find the dog because you got to find the dog within 30 days or the dog could die from this condition. Uh, it also, it stars, uh, Rob Lowe as his father who's kind of like, little overbearing and like, when are you going to, you know, you need to find a job. You need to find out what you're going to do with your life, blah, 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 blah. And then there's this whole fucking B story with his mom who had a dog when she was a young girl and, uh, you know, things happened there. And so it's kind of like a little redemption story for the mom and her fucking, it's based on a true story, but I feel like they fabricated so much fucking shit in this movie and the end goal is just to pull at your heartstrings. And I think if you have a dog or you love a dog, like this movie's going to hit you at the end. It hit me. I mean, I mean, you know, at the end a little bit. Um, because, you know, uh, I've, you know, I've had, I had my dog Benny who passed away. And I think like it's, it just reminded me of my dog at the end. Other than that, this movie is terribly acted. Um, the mom story is so fucking stupid. There's, a there's the, the scene with the bikers where they're, they're handing out flyers to see if they can, you know, get people to spread the word about, you know, Gonker being missing so they can track this dog down. And there's a scene with some, some bikers in this that is so ridiculous and terribly acted. There's a potential bar fight scene that's going to happen that was fucking dumb. Half the shit I just feel is like fabricated. I feel like the real life story is like dog goes missing. They do everything they can to find him. They find him. This they just fill it with all this filler, this bullshit. And so it's a very low taste it for me. Um, yeah, that's dog gone. Joe, what did you think about dog gone? Uh, yeah, th- this movie could best be described as a a terribly irresponsible dog owner predictably loses his dog. It's it's <laughs> it's like, come on, dude. It's I mean, I hate to break out the we live in a society rule, but we live in a fucking society with rules. Put your dog on a leash, clean up after your dog, take the simple steps to 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 ensure your dog doesn't come off as an asshole. Because in my opinion, there's not bad dogs out there there's bad dog owners that because their owners are you know like this kid he's like got this no he's a free spirit man you can't contain him and it's like no your dog is gonna run off and get lost and oh look what happens your dog ran off and got lost and yeah it was in uh, the 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 acting in this was was really bad there there was a few moments in it that tugged at my heartstrings and it was from both as a father and as uh you know, I don't currently own a dog, but but much like you, Brian, this made me think of of my dog Emma that passed several years ago, and and so there was moments in it where it tugged at my heartstrings and and made me tear up, but it almost it it wasn't like good tears. It was almost like like a hey, fuck you movie. I can't believe you did this cheap little trick to me to make me feel this way. Um, 
I do agree that my favorite performance in the whole movie comes from the the dog playing Gonker. Uh, it's I mean, how do you how do you not love like a, a Labrador mix of a dog like Labradors are I mean, all dogs are awesome in their own way. But to me, Labradors are like just one of the coolest breeds of dogs um, of of all the dogs that are man's best friend. I feel like Labradors are you know the the best best friend you are not they're, wrong they're just, they're sweet loving dogs yes yeah. they're just sweet loving they're they, it's like it's like a, a dog that's smiling all the time is is what i think of like my mom and dad have got two yellow labs and they are so high energy they're like, oh my gosh they're they they've destroyed so much of my mom and dad's shit uh, they literally chewed one of the couches in their basement down to the wooden frame. <laughs> but but their dogs are just so sweet, and I and I love them. Their names are Abby and Ellie, and I I love them so much. They're fucking great dogs. If you were um, a dog, Joe, you would be a lab. Yes, no, mm. with without a doubt. And I've literally described myself that way before in job interviews. I would I'm be. Like a, I'm like a human Labrador retriever. I would be an angry Chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> always barking always barking and if you put your hand out i'm just biting it you're just gonna bite it yes i've got sharp teeth so yeah i'm like i'm like a fucking piranha with fur uh, you're definitely the sweet black lab i'm a i'm a furry cunt <laughs> So yeah, I I loved Gonkers in this. I I felt bad for the dog having such a stupid name, but you know, hey, that's your choice as a as a, as a pet owner. You name them what you want. Um, uh, the the B story with the mom, uh, it was it was so it, it just didn't need to be there. It's Fucking like, oh, cringe! It's like it's like they told like the actor they were like, all right, we're gonna give you something to do in this movie. That's what I was just going to say is like, we need to give Kimberly Williams Paisley, we need to give her some stuff. This is the mom from the Christmas Christmas Chronicles. This is the sister from According to Jim, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> the daughter from Father of the Bride. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, – and, you know, Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe is Rob Lowe in this. Um, oh, my God. If where- he opened up his fucking closet in this movie, it's just white T-shirts. Oh, without a how many fucking white T-shirts does this man own? <laughs> I I will give a Tupperware to Rob Lowe's amazing pecs. I those fe- were those were impressive. I feel like I feel like this movie was like fucking uh, sponsored by uh, by Hanes. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Fucking fruit of the loom on display throughout the entire fucking movie. Those white shirts. Yeah, Rob Lowe's packs needed their own fucking credit in the credits. <laughs> but is he in like a Nicolas Cage situation or like Willie Nelson where he has like a bunch of back taxes that he can't, can't say no to any project? Like what's going Dude, on? I, w- I was in that same vein of thought. I was like, what is Rob Lowe doing in this movie? Like, oh my gosh. Like, um, the, the, the scene where, where they're on the trail and they run into the, the group of like, you know, hippie kids that are camping. And then he's, he kind of shows them how to get the campfire going and then has the, the heart to heart with them. And Wouldn't it be great if he, if he just threw his son on the fire? <laughs> <laughs> you worthless piece of shit. At least you're, at least you're heating us up now. <laughs> Get a job. You're fucking Kindle. 
so that scene was pretty emotional to me. But but I'm also coming at it from from the view of a father, you know, where I I under that that scene emotionally connected with me. But but overall, like I was just sitting in the living room, just watching this on my iPhone with headphones on. And my wife was watching something else on the TV. And so I kept pointing out stupid shit in this movie to her. Like I was just kind of commentating it. I was like, Oh my God, you're not going to believe that this next dumbass thing that just happened in this. Um, so yeah, low taste it for me. Um, it, just because of the, the handful of emotional moments that got to me, I, I can't toss it. And, and, Oh man, the, the, just what a beautiful dog in this movie that was the best part of the movie was just seeing the dog and unfortunately the dog's not in much of it because the movie's about them looking for a lost dog yeah 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 would you hey chris what'd you think about dog gone i mean i i guess it's a cool i mean i get to announce for the first time on the show i have my first toss it like i'm gonna give this movie the highest of toss it's like light it on kerosene and put it on fire in a fucking dumpster I, I literally hate watch this thing. Like, <laughs> I was just like, it was like, I was like, glow is fucking canceled, and you guys finance this bullshit. Like, this is making me so angry. Like, I, I, I felt myself becoming like a boomer conservative. Like, it's like this kid needs to get a fucking job. I started watching Fox News. I was yelling at kids and moving. No kids. politics. <laughs> Settle down, Chris. I know we like to slip in the politics when we can, but sl- slow your roll, buddy. All right, this all right, is an exactly. escape. All right, Jesus Christ. I became Christ. a cranky boomer. That's that's not that's not political. I know. Yeah, but we're getting no, no. Yeah, yeah. that all that's right. where you should have stopped, buddy. Oh, oh all right. <laughs> all right, you, I just ran into Ravlo's pecs. All right, um, uh, but God, just like. Man, I I did start to get like maybe like a little bit meta watching of like maybe this is some like sort of like weird everything everywhere all at once like generational forgiveness vibe thing of just like trying to go through that, especially with the weirdness with the mom in those cut scenes. But yeah, God, I couldn't. I hated this film so much. Chris went out a long time. Chris went out and kicked the dog (laughs) in the face. I, I yelled at kids on the lawn. Chris fucking he, he kicked the dog in the face after this one. Yeah, man, I really <laughs> he made a trip to the pound and kicked the dog in the face. <laughs> don't do that, people. No, don't do that. No. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's it's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. It's it's uh, it's just it's all it's it's designed to to hit you in the feels for like it's like the one big scene at the end and it's just designed that way everything else is just filler bullshit the mom story's mm. crap so yeah let's jump into the next thing that we're going to talk about here could, if there we take a quick break yeah there we go <laughs> timed it perfectly all right not jake we're going to take a break <laughs> <laughs> we will take a quick break and we will be right back Hi, I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. 
one day you too will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight in Dan and yogurt and the next thing you know you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying holy shit that freckled face fucker was right anyway the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link what that means is when you click on the link from their website it helps the show it doesn't charge you extra at all you just shop like you regularly would and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient. Just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, hey, we are back. Uh, if you guys are wondering why we haven't talked about The Last of Us, it's because uh, we're going to be doing a Last of Us podcast. Uh, we're going to start recording I believe Wednesday, so you should get the episode on Thursday. But uh, we're going to start that. It's going to be myself, Joe. Jake is coming back for that. Uh, Billy from the Reality Guys and then Melissa Sloter from uh, the uh, Wild Pretty Things podcast. We're all going to be talking about those episodes. And so I'm excited to talk about The Last of Us and expect that episode to drop on this feed on uh on thursday also we're gonna have a separate feed for other people to find it i would love it if you would actually subscribe to the other feed as well um it helps you know it helps us on the itunes rankings and so yeah please and then leave us a review i'd really appreciate it but uh we'll get started with that this week looking forward to talking about i have seen the episode uh i don't Oh, Alex, I'll talk about my experience with The Last of Us when we record. So definitely check that out. I've also been watching The Circle season six. Got one more episode left of that. And then I just started too hot to handle. I haven't, hadn't been watching the latest season. I don't know why I love that show, but I do, but I'm watching too hot, <laughs> too hot to handle. I love my trashy reality TV. Anyway, y'all's, y'all's Lord of the Rings podcasts were excellent thank that you just made such a better experience of like i would thank have you. missed so much um really appreciated that one like yeah and i'm i'm really excited for like you guys doing the last of us uh one as well like i had a weird experience with last of us. my friend best friend in berlin played that every day after work when we were teaching and i'd just watch him play and i love the story so i've been excited i'm so excited for the show i watched it last night um but like I'm excited for y'all's takes and stuff like that, and go deep in that world. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I haven't seen the first episode yet. Oh, I'm really? I'm probably gonna watch it right after work tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, um, dude, it's the Chernobyl dude. It's the Chernobyl guy. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, I've been I really looking anything, forward to this one. I'm yeah, super stoked to do deep dives of it on and really get into the nitty gritty of it. Not familiar with the game, Joe. Your audio is fucked. Oh no! Yeah, I'm gonna, hold on. Talk again. Okay. Hey, really familiar? Yeah, with, you're fucked. Familiar with the game? Yeah. Okay, let me hang up and call right back. All right. All right. Yeah, Joe's back. Sounds great. You sound great, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Sell us your novel. With that. Yeah, sell us the novel. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, apocalyptic zombie stories, I become death. iTunes. Fuck yeah. Audible. <laughs> I- <laughs> talk, if there ever was a reality competition series that was made for Joe, 
that could either go like, Joe, I know you have a passion for this particular thing. It's either going to be something that you love or something that you despise. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on HBO Max's new competition reality series, The Climb. It's presented by Jason Momoa and legendary rock climber Chris Sharma. The Climb is a visually arresting and life-changing adventure that represents the foundations of rock climbing and exploration of the human spirit. In this competition, amateur climbers are put through a rigorous series of challenges, braving some of the world's most intimidating ascents to crown the world's best amateur climber with a uh, – what is this? With a PR – a prana? Is it prana? Yeah, it's a Prana sponsorship, $100,000 Prana sponsorship. Yeah, Prana-sponsored climbing career and a $100,000 cash prize. And um, yeah, if there was ever a fucking uh, reality show that was tailored for Joe Stark, uh, I, I was thinking this this has to be it. But did it live up uh, to the expectations? That's what we're going to uh, find out here. I'm going to get your thoughts on it. Right now, Joe, what did you think about uh, the climb? They dropped three episodes of the climb. What did you think about the climb? Yeah, when, when I first saw this advertised, I was super excited. And then when I watched the trailer for it and saw it was going to be like a reality competition, I was I was a little shaken, being like, "Oh, this this could be good or this could be bad." I'm just going to have to wait and see. Um, I've I've been a a fan, a huge fan of Chris Sharma since I got into rock climbing in 2000 was I think 2009 when I first got into rock climbing and a, a buddy of my, a buddy of mine gave me some climbing videos to watch. And, you know, at the time, Chris Sharma was like, he was, he was the best climber in the world. He was doing cutting edge shit, climbing stuff that other people couldn't climb. He had a very athletic style of climbing to where if he couldn't reach the next hold, he would just full on fucking jump for it. And he had this incredible hand strength to, he was able to stick these things and really hold on to them. And I, I heard guy, in, in 2011, he climbed uh, Rob Lowe's chest. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. There was a bunch of ladies in the eighties that got the first ascent on that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes inappropriately in the eighties. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been a huge fan of Chris Sharma for forever. I mean, the guy is he's he's really aspiring. And when they say, you know, they say is they put his title card up on it and they say Chris Sharma climbing legend, they're they're not kidding. I mean, the guy is he's a legit climbing legend. And you l just look up videos on YouTube if you want to see him doing some amazing shit. Look up like Chris Sharma witness the fitness where it's a very young Chris Sharma. He's got long dreadlocks and he's climbing this horizontal roof, uh, the sandstone roof that's down in Missouri. And it's just fucking incredible. This shit that this guy's able to do. I mean, it, it looks like superhuman to, to see people climbing on a professional level. And, and also with, uh, Megan Martin, I, I loved her seeing her in American Ninja Warrior. She's an absolute beast. And in I've known for a long time also that Jason Momoa and Chris Sharma were buddies. Uh, I've, I've seen lots of videos of them hanging out together and climbing together in Spain. I didn't know how far their relationship went back. I didn't know that um, that Momoa has been climbing since he was a teen. And that's when he actually met 
Chris Sharma at a, at a climbing trip in Waco tanks down in Texas. I thought that that backstory was really cool. Um, I, I hope as the series goes on, we get a little bit more of Jason Momoa. Right now, it feels like they just filmed a handful of shots of of Chris and Jason just kind of hanging out and talking, climbing like around Chris's house in Spain. But I mean, who knows? Maybe as it goes on, we'll see. But I, I that's one of my notes, Joe. Is like I wish that Jason Momoa could be there for the challenges. Yeah. Yeah, but for real. I thought about it. I, I, I thought, how much more nervous would you be not only to be in like the presence of like this rock climbing legend, but you're also you've got Jason Momoa watching you as well. And so and I oh, think yeah, that would definitely up the nerves with filming. I think that they had to just knock out the Jason Momoa scenes in these episodes because um, of of his probably availability for the show as oh, well. For sure. The guy's got to have a hectic schedule, but they, they clearly brought him on board to get eyes on the show. You just having his I, name. I agree. Yeah. The same feeling I had from it, that he's involved to, to bring a little bit more of a big name to it. And, but, but really the, now your mom's watching the climb. Your mom wants to <laughs> climb Jason Momoa. So she's like, okay, I'm going to watch the climb because <laughs> it's, you know, it's Jason Momoa. Right. So. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. The, so did this show live up to my hype? Like, absolutely. This they did such a good job of showing the range of emotions that a climber can go through. I mean these these climbers are are highly stoked to be there. They, I mean, number one, they're climbing in front of Chris Sharma, which is is got to be fucking wild to like just be in the presence. I mean, Brian, this would be like. If you went to a basketball camp that Michael Jordan was putting on. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like Michael Jordan, basketball legend, Chris mm-hmm. Sharma, climbing legend. I mean, it's they're right up there with, you know, people that you think of. Like, if you name, like, who's the best climber ever? A lot of people are going to tell you Chris Sharma. Just like with basketball, people would say Jordan. And and this is that level. And the 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 one bit in there where Sharma tells the the guy that, you know, hey, you didn't go for that hard enough and I lost a little bit of respect for you. I would fucking die inside. Could you imagine Michael Jordan telling you that like I lost a little bit of respect for you today, Brian? Like how would that make you feel? I have that dream literally every night when I go to sleep, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean like, you know, Sharma being there like really legitimizes this like on the climbing level. And the the first episode, they're deep so, they're deep water soloing in Mallorca, Spain, and I thought that that was really cool. I've, I've personally never done any deep water soloing. It, it looks fun, but in the second episode, they're sport climbing, and that was my bread and butter when I used to climb. And so when it's showing these people, and they're roping up at the bottom of the climb, and they're talking about how full of nerves that they are. And you can see it in the way that some of these people are climbing. You can see that they are just scared shitless. Um, and that that's all real. I mean, the the range of emotions that you go through from the bottom of a climb to the top of the climb and working through self-doubt and overcoming fear. And like when when that one gal in the third episode gets to the top of that boulder and she just breaks down crying, it's like that sort of shit happens because, I mean – your body and your brain tells you to feel fear as a, as a self-protection means. And your body innately knows that when you're hanging onto the side of a cliff, whether you're roped up or there's pads under you or water under you, your brain is still telling you you are in a very, very scary situation right now that you might die. And so that's what makes rock climbers like Alex Honnold, who can shut that off 
and do that shit without a rope and not get sketched out. That's what makes him so special and so, so odd because it's like, you're not feeling a basic human emotion of but mortal terror, you know, when you're in these places and, and I just, I, the sport climbing episode, episode two is my absolute favorite because it, it really showed that range of emotions that these climbers go through. Um, I've already got my, my climbers that I'm really rooting for that, that younger dude that's in his twenties. I think his name's Brad. Maybe he's great. From, I like him. Yeah. Oh dude. So scrappy when, when he's off route on the top of that deep water solo, but you can see him just fighting and he's just, you know, he's like, I'm not going to give up. He's like this just scrap. I kept calling him scrappy fighter climber to my wife. I was like, go scrappy climber. <laughs> like this guy is, he's fighting for it. And, oh man, I, I fucking love this show. I was so happy they dropped three episodes. In the third episode, they go out bouldering, which is climbing shorter stuff lower to the ground with just ground pads and people spotting you to make sure you don't land on your head. I did quite a bit of that back when I used to climb all the time. And I mean, this show is, I don't know. I just feel it. And also, dude, I was, my, my palms were just absolutely sweaty from episode beginning of episode one to the end of episode three. Like I was right there in feeling with, with, with these people that are in this competition and the amount of pressure that they're under and they're calling them amateur climbers because they don't currently have sponsored deals, but the grades of the stuff that these people are climbing it's hard. The The easiest stuff that they've climbed so far is harder than anything I climbed. And I climbed some decently hard stuff where I was like getting into like legitimate hard sport climbing by the time I got a handful of injuries and kind of stepped back from the game. But um, so I got mad respect for these people. They are legitimate hard climbers. They're out there. They're giving it their all. And the show does a fantastic job of showing you what these different disciplines of climbing are like and how it affects the people that are doing it. So this is an absolute Tupperware for me. Can't wait. Every week I'll be watching this when it comes out. I'm I'm just imagining Joe Vitale from the Vintage Geeks listening to this episode and fast forwarding (laughs) 30 seconds, hitting that skip button. And he's like, Joe's still talking about climbing. Dude, I had that thought about what, like five minutes ago. I had that thought of like, oh, Vitaly's gonna be rolling his eyes so hard. I got an opportunity to talk about climbing on PCL. <laughs> I know he's like, fuck, and he's like, it's the first episode where Joe is a leftover, and he's talking about a competition series and <laughs> climbing. But uh, Joe Vitaly, trust us. Like, I'm also gonna give it a Tupperware. I absolutely loved this show, Joe, and it really brought something out of me. Like this, I. I I used to love just climbing anything when I was a child. Like, I used to get in trouble because I used to climb trees all the time when I was a kid. We had this huge evergreen tree in the front yard, and I remember the neighbors uh, seeing me at the very top of this tree. And, I'm, dude, I'm talking like I'm like five, six years old <laughs> climbing. <laughs> these, climbing these. I used to love climbing anything. That's how I broke my arm when I was nine years old. I, I would climb the cherry tree in the backyard, and I jumped from one part of the tree to another branch, and it broke, and I ended up <laughs> landing on my right arm and breaking my right arm. And uh, actually, my head was very close to the base of the tree. They said if I would have landed um, a couple of inches closer to the base of the tree, that I would have snapped my neck and probably died. Oh, that's scary, dude. That's scary. Close call. Yeah, but as soon as it healed, I was back up in the trees. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> 
but it brought something out of me. I was thinking to myself, like, oh my god, I need to fucking like like when Joe's ready to go climbing or do something, I I need to make a trip to Iowa and I need to go out there and uh, the bouldering episode. I was like, man, that looks fun and this looks like it's. It's very fun. Like, I would never want to do anything serious like Alex Hanold or something like that. But I would want to push myself to see if I can, like, you know, do some of this stuff, you know. And it really – I really enjoyed this series. Uh, the first episode, I thought it was brilliant. It literally leaves you on a literal cliffhanger. Like, it's – I was just like, this is this is insane. Like, the episode, it, it kind of ends and you have to watch the next episode to see if they, they made it to, like, the summit. Um, a literal cliffhanger on the first episode. Um, you've got uh, just a different blend of climbers, too, from young to old. You have the lady who's like 53 trying to get back into it. You know, she was really good. She was at the top of her She's game. She's badass, too, dude. Yeah, man. And uh, uh, I... I, I, I I was like, oh my god, they they have a black guy in the series that's a climber. He's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, when I first saw this, he's like, this is some serious white people shit, and he's he's like, <laughs> but he's like, he loves it, he loves it, and and you know, I like how they do the elimination round as well, like the two climbers that hit the lowest that that don't go as high as everybody else, they are sent to an eliminate uh, an elimination round where they have to battle it out, and whoever. You know, doesn't uh, get whoever doesn't get as high as the other person gets knocked out and eliminated. And so you've got all these different. The, the one thing that I wish they would have kind of done is I wish I could have connected with these climbers on a different level. They, I wish I would have seen them outside of it. I wish I, they, they would give us a little bit more background on them but you kind of get that i think as the series goes you see like you know the one guy calling his brother and trying to get support so it does happen but they're just doling it out i'm just used to these competition shows some of these competition shows where you get to see like them back at home in their life and stuff like that and you get to connect with them you get to see their personality outside of the competition uh, but other than that, man, I think it's a fucking great show. I really like it. I can't wait for episode four. I see that it's going to drop on the 19th and I'm ready for the 19th. I'll be watching episode four as soon as it drops, Joe. It's a, it, this is a Tupperware for me. Uh, Chris, what did you think about the climb? Yeah, I guess I got to be the odd man out for this one. Probably just, I feel like the way you guys are talking, it seems like it's kind of like a, if you have the interest in it, you can get invested in the show. Like for me, it's just a low taste. It like I kind of was disappointed. Like when I watched the trailer, I thought it was like Jason Momoa and this like legendary uh, 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 climber going around the world and doing all these crazy climbs. I was like, oh, cool. This is it's like it's like a Chris Hemworth's Limitless thing or something like that. Um, so I was a little disappointed about that. And just I've never really been into competition shows, so that was a kind of a mix and like um it just kind of for me was like because i was i was thinking as i was watching it was like when we watched the last time i was on we watched the bubba wallace um what was that called the docuseries yeah i really liked how it broke down the racing parts of like you know like this is how you make turns and this is all the things that you're thinking about and there were certain times like where it felt like very esoteric of like I don't really know why they're like, it would have been cool for me if like, I, I was also disappointed, like with Jason Momoa not being in it that much. Like I would like, it would have been cooler if there had been like take times of like, this is this move in this type of 
topography or things like that of what you wanted to be thinking about. And he's like demonstrating it. So for me of like letting me kind of like understand it, just kind of like, or just like, even like breaking it down is like, yo, you think it's easy to do this? Like have you, how many pull-ups can you do? Cause you're probably doing this many pull-ups essentially is what I would imagine. It's like, you have to have insane upper body strength to do that stuff. Um, so I think it's probably just like, for me, like in my interest, it would be like low taste it, but I'm sure like if it's like something that you're into, it's probably like gold. Which it seems like it's for you guys. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really into it. Um, mm-hmm. I guess you got to be into competi- like competition yeah. reality series, yeah. which I you know I'm like I love you know I haven't watched it lately, but I used to be really into like Top Chef. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was a huge fan of Toddlers and Tierras. I'm kidding about that last one. <laughs> never watched an episode and i think the whole toddler pageant thing is just sickening mm. anyway i only do like the dumb things like uh what's that one the best bomb shelter show or what was that called <laughs> armageddon or something like that what was it like, like Do- Do- or something? doomsday preppers i thought that show was hilarious <laughs> I think hoarders should be a competition show. Yeah, like who's the, yeah. You know, yeah. Let, let's take hoarders, but make it a competition show. Yeah. <laughs> or, 23 buckets of human feces in their basement. Exactly. Yeah. Who can yeah. make it 25? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but does Jason Momoa come in it more later, or is it just was it literally just kind of a here he is sometimes? Because I was really disappointed. It's, like, it's, it's basically scenes of Jason Momoa showing up to like the area that they're going to be climbing and him talking with uh, Sharma. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get to know about their their past and stuff like that. It's like they, they have family vacations together and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what's cool is like Momoa, like what was it, a couple years ago? My parents live in Maggie Valley, North Carolina, and uh, Momoa rides his bike. He goes on a trip every once in a while uh, riding a motorcycle with him and a buddy, and they go to Asheville, and they ride up in the mountains and shit like that. And so Asheville's great. I love Asheville. When he was in town, like people were posting pictures of Momoa, and Mm -hmm. they say he's just a nice down-to-earth guy and, Mm -hmm. you know, just, you know – talks with everybody and just a really cool dude um that's how i imagine him so yeah yeah he seems like a really cool guy that's why you want more of a minute but i understand it's probably scheduling issues and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but i'm sure very much an excuse to put some eyes on the sport and an excuse to hang out with his buddy and i think it's i think it is going to get some eyes on the show just because momoa's name's attached yeah so i don't with momoa saying he's from iowa too it's like it's like, dude, if you're randomly listening to our review, hit me up on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja. I will show you all the awesome Iowa limestone climbing. Because you know he's from Iowa. I can't imagine if he did any climbing here. He only saw this the stuff that's on public ground. That's kind of kind of blah. Mm-hmm. But the best shit. It's there's undiscovered gems out there, Jason. <laughs> do you do you really think Momoa is two hours into this episode, Joe? <laughs> Momoa, che- Momoa checked out within the first five minutes of this podcast. He's like, this guy can't even do the fucking intro, right? Fuck him. <laughs> Man, now I'm just feeling guilty because the first like little email I ever sent to Brian, I shit talked having to drive through Iowa. On hey, if, if, if you've so only now I feel bad. 
if you've only experienced <laughs> Iowa on Interstate 80, I'm right there with you, dude. It's boring as yeah. shit. Yeah. Dubuque's fun. I have yeah, fun Dubuque's time. beautiful. Yeah. Oh they have one gosh. of those funiculator things. Ah, oh, God. Now, it, we lost Momoa within the first five minutes. Now I've lost everyone. <laughs> you guys are talking about the scenic beauty of Dubuque. What the fuck is going on with this episode? <laughs> I want to see a reality TV show on funiculators. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, let's talk about the pale blue eye. Yeah, watch the climb. It may be your thing, or you may be like Chris and not get into it. But for me, it just really I, – I, there's something about the, the competition and the blend of the, the different contestants and you know, never knowing like what they're going to try to scale next. It, it's just exciting for me. I, I think it's – I think it's I, – I hope this gets multiple seasons, Joe. I'm – Oh, yeah. Dude, how beautiful is Spain, too? Oh, God, I mean, yeah. Everything it was showing there is just like, oh. Like, that's that's what my heaven looks like. Where it's mm. just, you know, mountains as far as the eye can see. And it's just these old-timey-looking villages. That, that there's just so much history. The show's – for me, the show works on so many levels. Mm. Yeah, one of my – one of my favorite episodes of Smiling Friends, back to Smiling Friends, was the episode where they just fucking – uh, flew to Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I gotta watch episode, the rest of the show. episode nine. Episode nine. I'm hoping that every season they fly to Brazil and something fucks up. I hope the finale in every, every season finale is the smiling friends going to Brazil and something going wrong and them having to just go back home. Yeah, that episode was hilarious. <laughs> Smiling friends on HBO Max, guys. Check it out. It's fucking great. Um, the Pale Blue Eye on Netflix. Uh, veteran detective Augustus Landor investigates a series of grisly murders with the help of a young cadet who ev- will eventually go on to become the world-famous author Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, the Pale Blue Eye is a gothic mystery thriller film written and directed by Scott Cooper, adapted from the 2003 novel of the same name by Lewis Bayard. Uh, it features an ensemble cast that includes Christian Bale, Bale uh, Harry Melling, Gillian Anderson, Lucy Boynton, Charlotte Gainsbourg, Toby Jones, Harry Lottie, Simon McBurney, Timothy Spall and Robert Duvall, who was almost unrecognizable in this movie. Uh, I knew it was him, though. I knew it was him, but he just—he looked the same. I completely forgot that. Where? Who was he? He was—he was the scholar. Yes. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. I didn't even realize that. I could tell by the voice, and I could tell by the by the eyes. But he—he just—he Robert Duvall is kind of like leaned out. As he's gotten older, he, he, he looked puffy in this movie, didn't he, Joe? Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was makeup or just because I hadn't seen him on the screen in so long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was watching it, and I'm like, that's Robert Duvall. I know that's Robert Duvall. And so I pulled up IMDb, and I'm like, god damn, it is. Glad to see him in it. Yeah, you've got uh, – there's a it's, – it's like a military – is it a military school? Yeah, it's West Point. It's, it's West Point. Yeah. It's West Point. Okay. Military school, and there's murders. That are happening, uh, and they uh, bring in um, Augustus Landor to investigate the murders. And um, my God, I'm not going to bury the lead here. I loved this movie. I loved it. It's an absolute Tupperware, and I the it's the I think it's a lot of it is the mystery. A lot of it is uh, 
Um, I think, uh, uh, Harry Melling is great. He, he's really good. I, I can't remember what I saw him in most recently where he was fantastic, but he's, he plays, uh, Edgar Allan Poe in this and he's, he's really, really good. Didn't he play, uh, D- Dudley Dursley? Is it Dudley Dursley in the Harry Potter movies? Yeah, he, he did. He was oh, also the villain okay. in, um, uh, the old guard. That's it. That's it. Yes. He's really good. And I mean, he was in a ballad of Buster Scruggs, the guy who recites all the, yeah. the classic poetry. He has no arms or legs. He's really good. I think he's great. I think he's like everybody. I think when you watch this, you're going to be like, oh man, he's the standout. And he really is. But I think it, I don't think it works without Christian Bale. I think the guy, Christian Bale is just a really, really good actor. And I think it's the chemistry between those two. And, um, my God, the, the mystery of this was just, it just, I was just like hanging on every scene. I never got bored. Uh, it does move a little slow in parts, but it's, it's just stuff that I'm just like letting this movie sink in and I'm really getting into it. Like, I don't know. I absolutely loved it. This is an absolute Tupperware for me. I was worried about this one because it had Edgar Allan Poe's name attached to it. And I was just like, you can either do this really well or this could go re- – this could just be boring as shit. And this movie like had me on the edge of my seat. I absolutely loved it. It's an absolute Tupperware. And um, I don't think it's going to be for everybody though. But um, I thought – Joe, I got to know what you thought. Pale Blue Eye on Netflix. Oh, yeah. When, when I first saw the trailer for this, I was so excited. Um, like I, I grew up just loving Edgar Allan Poe's stories and – I didn't know that this was based on a novel. I wasn't sure what it was going to be about, but they shared just enough details in the trailer to where it really piqued my interest. And right away, watching it, it it had – I mean it's it's a period piece, and mm-hmm. it it's kind of got that same vibe of um, uh, Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. that movie that came out in the 90s. Only That movie ruled. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> – <laughs> you might not like i like that movie a lot but. it's it's good it's good for what it is but for for this movie it's like it had that that same period piece vibe is is that movie but with this it had like just stellar performances in it like everybody was like really bringing their a game for this and just with the way that the murders were i mean it's it's absolutely horrible it's like they're finding people with like their hearts cut out of their chests and the more that it gets into the mystery of it with what's going on, uh, this movie really, really had me hooked. It, it isn't the most like like you were saying, Brian, it does have moments in it where it's 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 kind of a slow burn. But to me, that's not a negative thing, because if it's if it's advancing the plot forward and it's hashing out, you know, and exploring details of the world that they're in and the characters that are in it, it all works for me. And that's what this movie does. It It really gets into the nitty gritty of what's going on with this and just the way it was shot. Uh, the, the performances were in it. It was, it, it really, really blew me away. Uh, I don't know if this is one where I would, for me, I don't know if it has a lot of repeat value. This is one where I'm going to have to let it sit for a little bit and then come back to it again and, and see if it's as interesting to me on a rewatch. But for that first watch that I did, it, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, uh, I didn't know that Harry Melling had the range that he has and he really, really blew me away in this. Um, for 
I think a lot of audiences out there, when they see him, they will just refer to him as, oh, that's Dudley Dursley, because everybody and their brother has seen the Harry Potter movies. And like, I think that that to, to reduce an actor of his caliber down to such a minuscule role mm-hmm. in, you know, very popular movies really does him a disservice because what he does in this movie and also being able to do it so well, sharing scenes with Christian Bale, like the chemistry that those two had was just outstanding. Yes. It was so good. And I mean, all the way up until the end of this movie, it is very, very good. It keeps you guessing. Uh, the 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 actual facts of it when it lays out will will I I think for most viewers it'll absolutely blow you away. This is it, it was it was a total Tupperware for me as well. It is I I just I couldn't get over how good the performances were in this. Jillian Anderson as well. That was another She's character. Creepy. When I, oh, so creepy. And when I saw her, I was like. I was like, that's Jillian Anderson. And then right back to IMDb. And I'm like, it is Jillian Anderson. She is such a chameleon. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I really, really loved this movie. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was great. And I don't like I was saying, I, I'm not familiar with the books. I don't know if there's more to it. But if there's more opportunities for Harry Melling to come in and play Edgar Allan Poe again, then I would be right there to see it. Because he embodied that character so well. I mean, they even made his face look very similar to his with the way that they made him gaunt. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. loved the accent that he put on. I could just listen. I could listen to him read the phone book in, in that voice. You know, it was just, it was great. He did look like Edgar Allan Poe. He looked so yeah. much like Poe. Yeah. It yeah. Was, it was eerie. Yeah. That was my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. It was it was just like how much he embodied like you know, there's no video of him, but like the way he looks in in his in his photography yeah. and stuff like that. Like that, they had it down to the hair. Like you know, yeah. um, it, it, this movie did release initially like a week before or so in theaters, and I did look for it. This is one I wish I would have been able to see in a theater, but it just was not oh, playing. Yeah, anywhere I didn't near know me. they released it in theaters. It was not. Oh, that playing. would have been a great experience. Fan- oh, mm-hmm. it would have been awesome. Not anywhere near me. This movie was. It was not playing. I almost said, "Not anywhere near me is this movie playing." I sounded like Yoda there for a second. <laughs> Nowhere near me. This movie plays. <laughs> like, what was that? What was the Yoda meme you shared today? <laughs> Um, I don't remember because I, that was actually a post that I had set up. I, I have multiple posts that are set up. It was good beforehand, was good. and they like, just get sent out randomly. And that was one she of said is what that was, or something like. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a that's what she said joke. <laughs> yeah, with, with Yoda. But uh, Chris, the pale yeah. blue eye, which sounds like you could look that up on Urban Dictionary, and it would mean something completely different, but. What did you think about the pale blue eye? It sounds like a like a sex thing. The pale blue eye, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a reference to the the uh, Telltale Heart because the reason why he murders the guy um, is because he becomes obsessed with his like the guy he's the housekeeper for. He comes he has this pale blue eye thing that he can't. It's a vulture eye and he can't stand looking at it. So that's why he ends up killing the dude. He chops him up and puts it in the floor. That was my same thoughts when I first saw the trailer, yeah. not really knowing what was going in. I was like, is this some sort of like like reimagining of the Telltale Heart? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's like I think for me, I'll first say like if, if you're like historical drama, like this is like you shouldn't miss this. 
I th- but I think for me, the reason why I'm going to give a taste is because I built it into something that I thought it was going to be where like, like definitely acted well, love fail, like totally, I, you guys have talked about, he was totally wasted and the Thor, what was it? Love and Thunder. Um, mm-hmm. I loved, what's yeah. the actor's name who, who did Poe? Harry uh, Mellick. Yeah. I can't believe it. he was Harry Potter's bully cousin. Yes. Is that him? Yeah, we talked about this. We've talked about this like seventeen times. And you, I know, you, you, but it's just like it took me a while to put it together. Like, I knew that he was in Harry. Potter. Welcome to the I episode, Chris. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm fucking with you. I know. I know. Uh, wait, what was it? No, but I, like I kind of built myself to thinking that it was gonna be like, like I was kind of wondering, like Chris was like, "Where's Harry Potter?" Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Chris hates me right now. You could no, totally. No, no, you're, no, no. you're totally. I'm like throwing you off your game, and you are not having it. You are just no, like, no. I am so I done with this myself, motherfucker. I throw myself. Off. If I was in a theater right now, I would stand up and be like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Goddamn. Where was I? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> No, I built it in my head that I thought it was going to be very more like a Poe, like like the the story that inspires his stories, and you know that that I was going to have more to do with his literature and things like that. And there were sometimes like, why is like this could just be a mystery, like a murder mystery at West Point? Like, does Poe really need to be here? Because it never got into that like gothic horror or macabre that he's known for. But even though I'm not being fair, because like along with like being credited with starting like American horror. He is like accredited with starting like American detective stories. So it's like, I mean, it just might not be the world that I know of his. Um, and I, I don't know. I just like with, with the ending for me, like the, in the twist and things like that, I was just kind of like, wait, where'd that come from? Like if I feel like if it had been more of that approach of like, I, I like that you said the um, Joe, the um, fuck the Johnny Depp movie. That you just brought up sleepy hollow. Yeah. Uh, Sleepy Hollow. I, I liked that that its approach that it was like off the wall in horror. I was expect. I think I was expecting more of that to be more dark and sinister, and this like sinister. And this was very much more like just true blue detective. And I think if I went back and rewatched it, I'd be like, oh yeah, this movie fucking rules for that. And like looking for the signs of like, oh, this is where it's gonna go because that's always fun with rewatches. So and then I gotta go re back and watch like, is that really Robert Duvall? And what's this thing called Harry Potter? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Joe, would you wear a shirt that said uh, that had uh, Edgar Allan Poe, but he's dressed as a as a sex worker and he's leaning into a car and he's like, <laughs> "Suck your dick for five bucks," and it's called Edgar Allan Ho. <laughs> That's some merch idea right there. Rob Forrest, get on that. Shout out Rob Forrest, you rule. Thank you for for making memes for Volk all the time. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of him saying it in that like draw that he's got. Yeah, he's wearing like. And I, fairly, and I would, sir. If, if, if I would fairly drain the cum from your ball. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Yeah, I would suck it down to the root. <laughs> I like how it's it's almost foghorn leghorn. It's a little bit, a <laughs> little bit foghorn leghorn propositioning for you for sex. You know, I, I, I say, I, I say, I say, I want the dick and balls. <laughs> I do declare, I want to take a shit on your chest. <laughs> I want you to give me that pale blue eye <laughs> <laughs> on my face, neck, and chest. Oh. <laughs> 
The pale blue eye, absolute Tupperware. I loved it. Let's talk about the final thing in Good Pop, Bad Pop. Um, it is called The Drop. Uh, this dropped on Hulu, pun intended. Lex and Manny are a happily married young couple running their dream art- artisanal bakery in Los Angeles and excited about starting a family together. A trip to a tropical island resort for a friend's wedding destination uh, coinciding with Lex's ovulation cycle feels like the perfect opportunity to conceive. Uh, but good vibes and high hopes are cut short shortly after their arrival to paradise. Lex accidentally drops her friend's baby in front of all their friends. It stars Anna Conkle from Pen15, Jermaine Fowler, and uh, Jillian Bell. Jillian Bell from The Workaholics, which the Workaholics movie, Paramount Plus, passed on. Fuck you, Paramount Plus. Netflix, step in there. Do the right thing. Give us a Workaholics movie. I want to see Blake Anderson and Andres Holm and all those guys come back. And Chris Devine, give me a fucking... Adam Devine, excuse me. Make that... F- I love the Workaholics. I was a huge fan. It was great. <clears throat> but, uh, God damn it, my health is fucking failing me. I'm starting to feel really bad, Joe. I'm feeling like shit, but I'm still... I'm plowing through, Joe. Plow through it. Yeah, I'm, I'm like through there, like like Edgar Allan Poe. I'm like Edgar Allan Poe on his fucking third John. You know what I mean? Is that <laughs> is that what they call the, the Johns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm on my third John. My fucking asshole hurts, and I'm just like fuck. You know, somebody got to just p- need to start doing that MSMR stuff more that you were just doing. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's uh, nobody's gonna be paying for that Patreon. <laughs> Patreon would have my head if I started doing those episodes. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of Patreon, man, we had a lot of fun with the Family Feud episode, didn't we, Joe? Oh, mm. that was a blast, dude. It was so many laughs. Uh, we got, got some some new voices on that, that got to get berated on the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we played theme song and everything. Nice. We, yeah, we had... We had... We had it all, Joe. <laughs> oh, man. That I was a sign lot up for fun. the Patreon. Yeah, sign up for the Patreon, everybody. It's six bucks a month, two extra episodes. And they're just, and it's not, and we're not just doing, P, we're not doing the PCL stuff. We're just having fun, man. Sometimes we invite the uh, Patreons on. It was, it was fun. I had a blast, man. Yeah, that one, that one was a real treat. There was eight people on the line. Yeah. And, and it all worked out. You yeah. Know, it was, it was fun. Oh, and I got to apologize to Chris Edwards, man. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. I've, I've totally blanked and, and, and didn't get him on the call, but he's, I, I guarantee that I'm going to get Chris on the, uh, on the next, uh, family feud episode that we do. Cause we're definitely going to be doing it again. Let's talk about the drop. I had not watched a trailer for this. I didn't know what the drop meant. And then when the drop happened in the movie, I was like, holy shit, we're going there. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And for as much as I love Anna Conkle, for as much as I love Jillian Bell, this movie just gets a middle-of-the-road taste-it for me. I was not the biggest fan of this movie. It had some very funny moments and then some moments where I was just like, this is... It's it's whatever. It's it's whatever. I, I it's just not one of those. It's not just. It's not a memorable comedy. I think the most memorable moment is going to be that moment where the drop happens, and I was just like, "Holy shit! This is okay. That's the title. Okay." But I didn't. I didn't love this movie. I'm gonna taste it on this one, Joe. What'd you think about the drop? 
Yeah, th- this movie was a chore to get through. Um, it, it's a low taste it for me. Uh, my favorite parts in the movie were actually like when something dramatic would happen and the score would just raise to these ridiculous levels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, and then it would like maybe focus in on like the waves crashing against the island and stuff. Those parts. I, and I don't even know if those were meant to elicit a laugh, but the, those were the, kind of my favorite parts of it. But otherwise, this movie was a real chore to get through. Uh, it had a, re- a very strange cast of characters all coming together. They're all very quirky in different ways. And yeah, the, the overall, it, it just really didn't work for me. I, I watched it with my wife and, and uh, it was a total toss it for her. And it was one of those movies where as we're watching it, we just kept giving each other the side eye. Like, can you believe that this is how we're spending fucking Friday? <laughs> like we're Joe's like, I already regret fucking being a leftover now. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the, the synopsis of this movie, like it sounds hilarious. Like this couple's trying to conceive. They go to a destination wedding. The, the, the lady drops her friend's baby on concrete and then all of a sudden, all these couples start arguing about different shit throughout the rest of it. So, I mean, like on paper, it absolutely works. But in execution, it, it just it was a chore to get through for me. Yeah. What would you think, Chris? Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Like, it's like, as you said, said, Joe, it's like on paper, like I think there was an interesting concept. Like it seemed like it wanted to do like a, if you made Seinfeld into a romantic comedy, I guess, like shitty people and. Uh, and in like just rich cruddy people and like you're mocking them. Like I, I kept thinking about the George Costanza one where he runs over the pigeon and it's like, Oh, they we had a deal. <laughs> um, and it just, I don't know, just for some reasons it didn't, I loved all the actors in it. Like I like a lot of those performers and there were times where I was laughing, like the, the coming is for courtship line from like that weird kid with the blog. Like he seemed like he could have been fit right at home and like, you know, uh, knives out or something like that, especially like the first one. Oh my God. He looks like a, he looks like, he looks like Wes Anderson wants to cast him in everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he? Yeah. He just looks like a Wes Anderson kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, it seems like it's, there's promise there. It just, it didn't, yeah. I don't think it executes its, its goal. I still love everybody like mm-hmm. Anna Conkle, J- Jermaine Fowler's great and Jillian Bell. They're all great. It's just this movie wasn't great. I, yeah. I still love those, mm-hmm. those people, but that know. the Indian actor, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's in, um, never have I ever. And he's in that ghost show, but I love him in never have I ever. So, yeah. yeah. Was he the, the actor's husband? Yeah. yeah. Actor's husband. He's always okay. like forcing yeah, himself he's in, on he's everybody. He's in free guy also. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know who's not a free guy? Edgar Allan Poe. You got to pay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still milking that joke, Joe. You know what show I'm excited <laughs> to come back for? I don't know why, but that I I always feel like that guy's on um, Upload. And I fucking love that show. You oh, I, haven't, that show. I haven't watched the second season, but I loved oh, the first. Good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I liked the second season Upload. Yeah. Oh man, Jesus Christ, guys! I am fading. I don't know how. I am like, oh God! Like after the like at the end of this episode, it's like Joe is going to be like, 
at the end. Like when Jordan had that fucking game where he played with the flu and he scored like, what was it, like 55 on the Knicks and you got fucking Scottie Pippen like carrying him off the floor. Like that's going to be this fucking podcast, Joe. I don't know how I'm doing it right now, man. I don't know how I'm pushing through. Oh yeah! As soon as we're done, dude, drink a bunch of water and go right to bed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been drinking. I've been slamming water this episode. Um, might have to take a break here in a moment to get more. But I'm I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. This is not. This is fucked up. Surprise! A, a month of being sick is is far yeah, too that's, long. That's too much. Oh God! Yeah, it's this is bullshit. Surprise twist! Elliot and I are taking over leftovers, and Brian and Joe are becoming Volk. There you go. <laughs> oh man, do you remember? Do you remember when we were doing the pale blue eye review and I was giving Chris shit and man, he was not having it. Yes, <laughs> I, I, no, I took, I took it, I took it like Edgar Allan. You, no, you were, you I, were, you were brushing me. You were like, you were like, you were like wanting to wrap it up. You were like, wrap it up, no, Brian. I was, I was, just, I, was just, I was just, I was playing hard to get, you know, get you a little riled up, you know. Like if there was like a like one of those those uh, fucking long canes, you would have like pulled me off the stage <laughs> with it. <laughs> you were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he's doing this to me right now." Like, were you thinking like, "Oh, it's great when you do it to other guests, but it's it, now it's coming my way, and I'm not having no, it, Brian." No, 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 no. I, each time I've got it, so it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, but this time I think you give it, it to, you give it to everybody. Like, I mean, like sometimes there's like. Points with like Paul Hart. I'm just like, oh man, I feel bad for Paul right now, bro. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> come on. Ah, <laughs> oh, I didn't know my listeners Paul, were such. He's a big boy. He can take. Yeah, he's a big boy. I didn't know my listeners were such pussies. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell, everybody. It's always the goal when somebody listens to a podcast. We want you to feel pity for the people that are guest hosts. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh shit! Who does who does Brian berate this episode? <laughs> you get those hate listens like doggone. No, I see. What I do is I fucking I I I I tear you guys down to bring you up. Mm-hmm. Do you get it now? It's like I oh, yeah. take I take the hit. We're sacrificial lamps. It's it's, it's fine. Well, I mean, you rise from the ashes like the phoenix, yeah. and I'm the one that – I'm the bad guy. Everybody – ah, man, that fucking prick. I mean <laughs> – That host is an asshole. I read that in like tons of these iTunes reviews over the years. Like, oh my god. <laughs> the, the host. The host. The host. See, I'm, I'm, I'm raising you guys up. Yeah. <laughs> See, Chris, Chris you're going to come – you're going to come out of this episode looking like a saint. I mean, yeah, this was all a PR scam, right? <laughs> I feel really bad for this guy. I'm going to go see a show. I'm going to go buy a T-shirt. I know. <laughs> right now, people are, people are just they, – they've turned off the episode. They're listening to Welcome to Cashville for the fifth time. They're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help this guy. And you know what? They're, they're finding out it's a great fucking song too. It's a fun song. Yeah. It's a fun song. Yeah. You, like don't, that one. you don't have me yelling at Chris during that song. You just have Chris and his element doing his thing. It's okay, but I mean, because like anybody who's seen us perform knows that during my thing, that's where I let loose and yell at people. I turn into Joe Stark at the movie theaters and I just start yelling at people. So like, why aren't you into this? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like literally on our last tour with this band called Super Suckers. They're like legends in their like time. That like they're like halfway through tour. It's like you should calm down a little bit. Um, but the the more nervous I get, the more I cuss and stuff like that and yell. So, but it's you know it's my therapy. This is our therapy right here. Ah, uh, it, it is. It is. I can't afford therapy, so this is what this is. Yeah. Oh my god. I need to see a doctor. I need a doctor. Dude. Doctor, doctor, doctor. Give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Dude, I think we just no found- pills gonna cure my ill. I got a bad case of love. That's a great fucking song. Yeah, it is. Good fucking song. Yeah, Brian, have you ever considered doing stand-up comedy? <laughs> Hmm. Yes. Yes. I would love it. I would. I would. I would love to see you do some stand up, dude. I have, but you know, it's like one of those things where it's scary. It's scary. Like yeah. I have the advantage of like I have a guitar in front of me. I dress like an idiot on stage. Like it's not actually me. I can see how I've seen, especially like when I got to live in New York. You see some people bomb pretty hard. Mm-hmm. But like I think you would just destroy it, dude. Mm. Like your your impressions are fucking great. Um. So I think you should do it. Chris is just trying to butter me up so I don't give him shit for the rest of the episode. That's all he's doing, everybody. Chris is like, if you know what, if I fucking if I sugar if I if I feed this guy a little bit of honey, no, he's not I gonna. I I grew up Catholic, like I'm legit, I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> You've come to the right place, my friend. Yeah. Oh my god. No, it's just it's how right right now I'm going to make a political statement. <laughs> oh god here we go <laughs> it's just it's how i was raised our entire family like just gave each other shit all the time and my dad was like the brunt of it because like my dad has like dad humor and me and my mom are just super fucking sarcastic and i've eclipsed my mother um and so it was just years of me just putting up with you know shit in my family and then just like now that i'm out in the world it's like oh other people aren't like this and if they are they're not (laughs) as vocal about it (laughs) so i feel like they are i mean i've always appreciated this because it's like you know fans show by fans for fans so like obviously it's like natural conversation like I was I never lie when I'm talking about it's like, dude, you guys get me through so many fucking long drives. Mm. Sorry, Joe, through Iowa. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine dude. Chris like the character from Smiling Friends just holding a gun to his head driving through Iowa. <laughs> what is up with <laughs> Illinois and just like why like this state is known for Chicago? Why is this taking forever? And why were you driving in squares? Oh God! <laughs> I, I was listening to the radio, and they were talking about Illinois being one of the top states where people want to move out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Yeah, I'd buy that. I yeah. totally buy it. <laughs> There's some cool. I mean, Bloomington's fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, Springfield's fun. Uh, how do you pronounce it? Pe- Peoria. Peoria. That's where I, I, I like, that's, I, yeah. yeah, that's where I'm from. I was born in Peoria. Yeah. It's supposed to be a really good steak place there where they make the steak in front of you. Jim's Steakhouse? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jim's Steakhouse there. is good. Yeah. Uh, the Burger Barge. Mm. I haven't been there in years. I don't even know if it's still fucking open. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, let's talk about local shit that people don't fucking 
know about. I like champagne. <laughs> Let's talk about champagne, Illinois. Uh, we played a good gig there once. It was fun. People are just unsubscribing. They're like, can you... <laughs> <laughs> you just, we're just bringing up Joe's novels. Like, come on. Oh, Chris, I hope you know I love you, man. I hope I you love know you that. Too, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I love you guys so much. Like, you know, like, this whole week has just been, like, thinking about, like, I know, like, you were saying, like, so you got to think about what you're going to do with the show Mm -hmm. and like, like more power to what, whatever you want to do, man. But like, I think you got to realize like how important you guys have been to such a community, you know, like you have evidence, like you've gotten emails of like Mm -hmm. people telling you that. So like, nah, you, and you guys, you guys got me through the pandemic. Like I was listening like, what the fuck am I going to (laughs) watch? Fuck. There's nothing to do. Mm -hmm. I, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I've done this for, you know, I've known Jake for a decade. This has been our baby. And, you know, it's, 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 there comes a time, like when Jon Stewart left the Daily Show, like, um, I thought you were going to say when Craig Kilborn left the Daily Show. Dude, I thought it was done. I was like, dude, Jon Stewart, you're bringing in Jon Stewart. I know. I thought the same thing with Trevor Noah. And I think maybe at the end of the day, Trevor Noah is probably my favorite. Craig Kilborn was so good. He was. And I was just like, why the fuck did you just David Caruso your career, buddy? <laughs> he totally did. <laughs> oh, my God. He totally did. Yeah. That was such a dumb move to go to, what was it, CBS? He thought he was going to be. You know, not everybody can do the Clooney. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Caruso yeah. thought he could do the Clooney. You can't do yeah. the Clooney. Only Clooney can do the Clooney. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what I'm talking about is George Clooney leaving ER. I'm telling this to Gen Z. <laughs> George Clooney left a very popular show in the 90s called ER, and he went on to do movies. David Caruso left a show called NYPD Blue after the first season, and his career bombed. So a little backstory, millennials and Gen Z. I think millennials will get that. No. Yeah, we get it. Yeah. I'm, a geriatric, I'm a geriatric millennial. I get it. Here's the thing. Gen Z's not listening to this right now. Gen Z. No, probably not. <laughs> They're watching Gen- Megan. Gen Z's watching Megan doing a TikTok video or whatever the fuck they do. <laughs> but for those Gen Zers that are listening, happy to have you. <laughs> Let's jump into the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. All right, now that Chris is taking my dick out of his mouth, let's jump into the news here. (laughs) (laughs) News from IGN. James Cameron says another Terminator reboot is in discussion. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you just took the words (laughs) out of my mouth. Terminator 2 is my favorite movie of all time. Mm -hmm. It just I was 13 when the movie came out. The boys around the same age as me in the movie – and uh, it just – it had action s- special effects like I'd never seen before, action set pieces that were incredible. It had the biggest star in the world at the time, Arnold Schwarzenegger, larger than life man. Arnold Schwarzenegger, I love Terminator 2. They have never been able to recapture the magic since then. That's the last movie that James Cameron directed in the franchise. We've had multiple spinoffs, multiple sequels. Nothing has ever hit the way that it did with Cameron. During an appearance on on the Smartless podcast, Cameron discussed all things invented reality and artificial intelligence 
which quickly got him into the topic of Terminator. He admitted that he had been toying with the idea of relaunching the franchise, but, quote, nothing has been decided yet, even though he already knows the direction he would take it in. Uh, while speaking about the themes of his movies, Cameron briefly shifted to AI and his interest in exploring further on screen. He said, if I were to do another Terminator film and maybe try to launch that franchise again, which is in discussion, but nothing has been decided, I would make it much more about the AI side of it than the bad robots gone crazy. What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, just, I guess... I mean, art, I, just AI in general, like, I don't, I mean, I mean, yeah, what does that mean? Does that mean, like, as opposed to bad robots going crazy, that's the shit that I love. That is, honestly, it's gotten stale over the years, though. But it's like, I'm thinking AI, I'm th- I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm thinking, like, Alexa devices, and I don't Trying know. Batman of the Wes Anderson film, and... Is just is Skynet just AI at this point? Like, is this a reboot of the frame? I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like any of this. I'm I'm just leave Terminator in the dust for a while. Unless I get Terminator versus RoboCop, I don't give a fuck. No, like that. Like I've pitched this on. <clears throat> I've they've done Terminator versus RoboCop in comic book form. I pitched mm-hmm. on a previous episode what I would want from a terminator movie skynet's taken over robots have taken over there are very limited groups of people that are surviving and the movie starts in detroit where there's an earthquake and it awakens you see like through the visor you see like that classic like screen that you always see when you fucking mm-hmm. when 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 you know uh, RoboCop comes online. An earthquake happens in Detroit, and boom, RoboCop is online, and he's a, he's awakened to a world where it's just fucking robots, and he's got to go out there and be the badass. That's RoboCop versus Terminator. That's the movie I want. But if I don't get that, anything short of that, I don't give a fuck at this point. And uh, mm-hmm. for as much as I love Cameron, and I, I, I really do think that the guy is just like a, a visionary and he always is trying to push film. And I love the way – I don't always love the way that he goes about it sometimes, but I do love the fact that the guy wants to give us like the best theatrical theatrical experience possible. I just don't think – I don't see him taking a step back from Avatar and doing anything with the Terminator. Uh, I think it would be like another Alita battle angel where he's got the idea. He doesn't have the time and he passes it off to Robert Rodriguez. And, you know, I, God, I, I think I'm done with Terminator movies. It's hard to even think of like another Terminator movie that doesn't involve Sarah Connor and, you know, the T 800 and, you know, John Connor and, but it's been played out so much, and they can't recapture that magic. I'm just over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been so many sequels that just did not live up to as good as T2 was, to where if you really look at it, and in hindsight, it should have just stopped it at T2. Mm-hmm. You know, they did what they needed to do to prevent Judgment Day, and they should just let it go. But instead, they're like, no, these movies were insanely successful. Let's keep milking it. And every time they got a little less milk out and the milk was a little more sour. 
And I, I just don't see how they could bring this franchise back in a way that would make it fresh and, and give us an actual good story that could stand up to how good those first two movies really are. I remember you talking about how worried you were about that. The latest one, like if it was bad, it was going to kill the franchise. And like, did you guys even review that? I'm pretty sure that, we did. I, I didn't like that it. Was bad. It was bad. Yeah, I didn't like it. You know, and I love Linda Hamilton. I was very excited mm-hmm. to see her come back to the to the to the franchise, and it oh. it just was not good. I mean, maybe it's something like what Star Wars is kind of starting to do, and you know what Predator did is just like take it away from that primary story, but let it be. I don't know how you make that in that universe, but like, I guess they tried. No, they didn't really do it with the latest Terminator. They just tried to rewrite the story. Mm-hmm. And they threw Arnold and Linda Hamilton in there. Well, I mean, at the beginning of that one, you've got another robot coming back. You know, I think it was a mm-hmm. T-800 coming back and killing John Connor as a child, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was awkward. It's like, well, they just fucking – they just destroyed anything that any fan had mm-hmm. from, you know, like Terminator 2 by doing that. I, it's like mm-hmm. the equivalent of like what – the new fucking Bill and Ted movie did. To mm-hmm. I hated that last Bill and Ted movie. Oh my god! I see it. What a fucking abomination! Like everything that the first two movies and those are silly movies. And there's there's no reason. Like <laughs> now I'm getting on Bill and Ted. There's no reason to ruin Bill and Ted, and they did. Oh my god! I didn't think it was possible. Anyway, no more Terminator. No more. I'll be back. No, not not this time. No, don't don't come <laughs> yeah, back. Totally. Um, news from IGN. I thought this was interesting. Movie studios can now be sued for deceptive trailers. Mm-hmm. According to Variety, U.S. District Judge Stephen Wilson ruled out ruled on Tuesday that movie studios can be sued under false advertising laws if they release deceptive movie trailers. The case stems involved the 2019 movie Yesterday which stars Himesh Patel as a man in a world without the Beatles. The trailer for yesterday included clips of Anna de Armas, famous for roles in Knives Out, The Gray Man, and Blonde. Two fans of the actor filed a lawsuit in January alleging that they had rented yesterday after seeing her in the trailer. However, once they saw the movie, they discovered that uh, that de Armas was cut out of the final film. Uh, originally, Diarmas was indeed supposed to play a love interest for Patel's character in Yesterday. However, she was cut out of the film entirely because audiences didn't like the idea of Patel moving on from his primary love interest, played by Lily James. And uh, previously, Universal tried to throw out the lawsuit. The studio argued that the movie trailers are entitled to protection under the First Amendment, claiming that a trailer is an artistic, expressive work and should be considered as non-commercial speech. Wilson rejected the argument, saying that a trailer is, in fact, commercial speech. Thus, trailers are are subject to California false advertising law and the state's unfair competition law. The reason I bring this up is, and I don't know if it's the same thing. I I, I would imagine it's not. But, like, the Marvel trailers throw in shit. Yeah, I'm saying the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) How does it – what do you guys think? Like, so Marvel throws in some deceptive shit. I remember – Mm-hmm. Infinity War and and, and 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 some other Marvel trailers, you see scenes of, uh, of 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 things that actually don't happen in the movie. One of the things I'll I'll point out is from the Infinity War trailer. I remember seeing 
a scene from the final battle that takes place in Wakanda. And you see a group of Avengers charging at the enemy. One of the Avengers is a fully hulked out Bruce Banner as the Hulk. We all know when you watch Infinity War that after the battle with Thanos at the beginning, he can't Hulk out. He can't turn into the Hulk. Hulk never shows up in that battle in Wakanda, and he's in the Hulk buster. So is that considered deceptive enough to where this would be a lawsuit, or is Marvel protected here? Or is it just the fact that the Armis was shown in the trailer and she never shows up in the movie? I mean, like, what, what, where do you cut this off? Yeah, it's a dangerous slippery slope. It's feels yeah, like. It's yeah. Just like, like yeah, Mar- is Marvel safe? Like you got to define those parameters. I remember that. I'm not sure how I feel about it because I remember that whole hoopla. What was it? The movie I think it's called Drive with Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I love that movie. And that I love, fucking love that movie. Also, another breaking thing. My next little silly Volk outfit is very much based upon his outfit in that with like the whole jacket. Oh, that, I love that fucking jacket movie, is dope, dude. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like I remember somebody suing them for like, it's not really just, it's not a fast and furious movie. It's very much a drama, uh, inspired piece. And they tried to sue it over that. I don't think they won that one. So I feel like, so does that put like a movie like drive in trouble or like, yeah, with the Marvel films, like that's kind of their bread and butter. I don't know. I'd say- I, I feel like the whole lawsuit is completely frivolous mm-hmm. and stupid because mm-hmm. what what they said they rented the movie. So what is that? Four, three, four dollars for a movie rental. And and now you're going to go hire lawyers and, and sue a movie studio because oh, the actress you wanted to see wasn't actually in it. Get the fuck out of here. It's 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 people like that that do dumb litigious fucking actions like that, that make it so that it just makes the world a harder place to fucking live in. And it, it makes me upset that they won the lawsuit. I, I, I hope nothing but bad things for these shitty people. Yeah. It makes other studios afraid to put out a trailer before they, before they can even have odd audiences watch it in like a, like a, like a screening, right? Like yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. The Hollywood. It, it, I, I understand movies are, you know, the, the studios look at them as a business venture. But w- for me, being a, being a writer, it's it's an artistic endeavor as well. And so once you start mm. suing people because, oh, the art they gave you didn't fit the mold of what you thought it was going to be. It's get the fuck out of here. What an what an asshole thing to do. Yeah, I'm on board with that, Joe. It's It's total bullshit. I can't believe that this. Yeah. Oh God. I can't believe that this is where we are. Judge even entertained it. Right. This is where we are. You you were you were deceived by a movie trailer. Oh, you poor thing. Come over here and 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 sit on mommy's lap and let's give you a big hug because the world's just so hard for you, isn't it? Get the oh, it it makes me feel sick. And I feel like I'm maybe I'm making up or just something I like with the First Amendment. I think. Lying in certain circumstances is a First Amendment right. Like, I mean, I think it has something to do with, like, if it brings somebody harm. But, like, I don't know if I qualify, like, even, like, a $20 movie ticket. Like, I know everybody was pissed. What was that Will Smith hero movie? Hancock. 
Hancock. Everybody was mad that they thought it was going to be a comedy and was more a drama. But like, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's the part of the live movie experience. Like people just don't want to take risks. Like it's the same in the music world. Like sometimes you got to go see a shitty band, but you're, sometimes you find gems like, you know, you know, diamonds in the rough and things like that. Like it's just part of the movie experience, you know? Yeah. It's like people expecting to listen to this episode and be entertained and then (laughs) (laughs) go ahead and fucking sue me. (laughs) You guys ready to jump into Marvel news? Yeah, do it. Marvel news. Oh, fucking here we go. News from Deadline. Charlie Cox's Disney Plus Daredevil Born Again likely won't be as gory as Netflix series. Cox will be reprising his Matt Murdock Daredevil character in Disney Plus series, a role he played in Netflix, in the Netflix series. Uh, they said to me, we're going to be shooting in 2023. I said, great. When they said all 2023. I start shooting in February and finish in December. Makes sense. 18 episodes. Cox told the publication he's looking forward to playing a new version of the Matt Murdock character. Quote, this has to be a reincarnation. It has to be different. Otherwise, why are we doing it? The popular Netflix series was quite dark in tone with graphic violence. Quote, my opinion is the character works best when he's geared towards a slightly more mature audience. My instinct that on Disney Plus, it will be dark, but it probably won't be as gory. Um, article goes on to say for fans who are hoping for more of a continuation of the previous series, Cox says, quote, I would say to those people, we've done that. Let's take the things that really worked, but can we broaden? Can we appeal to a slightly younger audience without losing what we've learned about what works? Oh, boy. Daredevil's going to do a TikTok dance. Oh, is that, what they're that would be terrible. <laughs> they're saying the character is going to be dark, but not as gory. Ooh, I don't know. Um, and I don't like the quote about broadening it for a younger audience. Yeah, that part is troubling. Um, <clears throat> you know, we keep getting all these successive articles that they keep kind of saying the same thing. And to me, it, it, it kind of reminds me of, do you remember the beginning of temple of doom in Indiana Jones? They got to jump out that window and they blast through all those different awnings. And then eventually they hit the one at ground level and just roll off it, land right in the cab or in yeah. the car. Yeah. That's what all these news articles are. They're awnings that are slowing down the fall. So that when it finally does drop on Disney Plus and it is drastically different in tone from what we're hoping, they're like, well, we gave you all these articles telling you along the way that that it's going to be a little different. And oh, dude, they, if, if they water it down too much, I mean, I feel like I have a much higher threshold on this than I know you do, Brian. But for me, it's like if they water this down too much and change it too much. It, it, they're going to take away everything that was special about it in the first place. 
It does worry me. Well, I mean, not only just the Daredevil character, but also the the Kingpin character. I mean, mm-hmm. Vincent D'Onofrio, who I love, and I loved his performance as Wilson Fisk in the Daredevil in the Netflix series. You're going to water down that character as well, and yeah. so I, and one of the things that made that character so amazing to me was how he could be quietly in control and then go completely unhinged mm-hmm. and like literally decapitate a guy with a with a car door. Yeah. So, yeah. No, the, these these articles, the more they come out, the the more it increases my level of worry over what we're going to actually get. <sighs> were you a big fan of the uh, Daredevil series on Netflix, Chris? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. That was like by far like the best thing that they did with all the I mean, Jessica Jones season 1 was pretty great. Yeah, it was. Like, by far Daredevil um um was so awesome. I think this is the crown jewel. Talking. Sorry, what? It was the crown jewel of those Netflix series, and it's like I, I, I still think that that Daredevil Netflix series seasons one and seasons three in particular are better than anything that the Disney Plus has put out so far. Just my personal oh, opinion. He's, he's, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not. Meg, I mean, Marvel is just kind of. I feel in trouble. Like I, I I'm finding myself more and more just like not excited for releases and like ant-man's out next month it's like cool i'm excited to see jonathan majors but i just kind of feel lately like marvel is just i don't know it's just oversaturation or what but i was as you were talking i was kind of thinking maybe maybe they should have done a james gunn and even though it would have been sad to see charlie cox and vincent d'onofrio go like just cut the cord and recast so like it's more of a clear signal that this is going to be a different beast yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I don't think I don't think Marvel is in trouble. Like they're I don't think you trouble, have to hit the just... I don't think you have to hit the panic button now, but I do think like I don't think they're I I don't know, it's weird because you I guess there's there's many different reasons that go into that. I think they're losing some of the some of the uh, passion from some of the hardcore fans because of some of the directions that they've taken, and I think even with the casuals now realizing that these movies are out, you know, on Disney Plus within like you know a forty five to sixty day window that people aren't going out to the theaters as much and just waiting for it to drop on Disney Plus, um, and I think with all the Disney Plus shows that are coming out, it's kind of like I just feel like it's been watering down the brand and my excitement uh, for, for Marvel. I, you know, I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I still am looking forward to quantum mania, but I don't have like the fever that I used to back in the day for the Marvel movies. Cause I think we're just getting them like one right after the other, right after the other, after the other. And this phase hasn't really been that cohesive in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, th- I mean, I mean, like, you know, I kind of I can remember writing off Marvel when like Age of Ultron, like I don't even think I went and saw that in the theater. And it's just like, oh, this is not that good. But then, you know, fucking Zenith of Infinity War and Endgame, like top of the world and, and just like an awesome. I feel like I'm trying to think of the movie that gave me that like that. I feel it might have been Violent Night of like might have been the first movie, maybe everything everywhere all at once. Or, like the first movie coming out of the pandemic since Endgame, where it's just like, this is what fucking movies are about. Top Gun Maverick. 
Oh yeah, Top Gun. Of course, yeah, Top Gun. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, you're fine. You're fine. I, I you know, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna champion that fucking movie. I know. No, it's a great. It's, it's like as I was saying, like taking risks on movies and things like that. It's like sometimes you do see a shitty movie or something that you expect, but then like you get fucking Top Gun Maverick. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that, I think that the MCU does have some work to do in Phase Five to 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 gain some of the some of their audience members trust back because the phase four did i mean but phase four also there's just so much goddamn content in phase four to -hmm. whereas you know in like phase two it's like yeah you know age of ultron didn't hit that well toward the dark world didn't hit that well but like there are so many other shining stars in it whereas with phase four it's like there's just so much stuff Mm -hmm. that I, I I hope that they're able to to bring their focus down a little bit more because that was one of the things with phases one through three is that it was very focused on what mm-hmm. it was doing and and it had some little dalliances where it went off and did its own stuff but in the end they they did still all come back to the whole where it made sense in Infinity War and and then culminated beautifully in Endgame yeah and yeah I w- I would like to think that 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 lightning can strike twice and they can do it again. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I definitely went into phase four with, you know, like like rose colored glasses on. But the farther I get away from some of this stuff, like the thought of going back and and rewatching some of it, I'm like, mm, I, I, I really don't see myself investing the time to do it. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. you know, in the past, it's like like I've watched phase one, phase two movies, phase three movies like over and over and over so many rewatches. I haven't done that many rewatches out of Phase Four, like, uh, yeah, like the if, shining stars I have. Like I've watched <clears throat> Shang Chi more times than I can remember. Mm-hmm. If yeah. if Phases One through Three was a cum rag and Phase Four was its own cum rag, like, <laughs> and you looked at the side by side comparison, like you could drop the Phase One through Phase Three cum rag on the ground and it would shatter like a tablet, you know. <laughs> It would be like it would be like Moses dropping one of the Ten Commandments. You know what I mean? It would just shatter all over the place like a fucking plate. You know? But yeah, absolutely, just petrified. Yeah, <laughs> Phase Four. Phase Four is just like it's like falling like a feather to the ground. I haven't jerked off on that thing once. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's Tracy Morgan in that one. What's that fucking show? Seth Green's. A robot chicken where they're making fair of Harry Potter and the wizard things. It's like you can't do it too many times in one day. You just, you it starts to hurt after a while. Oh, that joke fell apart as soon as you started to tell it, Chris. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> swing a lot. They can't all be home. Okay. Yeah, it's all right, man. Get back out there, buddy. I will. I'll I'll stay in my lane. Step back up. No, step back up to the plate. You know, <laughs> you know, you know. My 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 cum rag comparison. It, it's it's a hard act to follow, Chris. Oh, I, literally, literally, it's fucking it's like deal with sheetrock or something. Basically. Did I mention I'm sick as shit, guys? Did, did, <laughs> did you guys know I'm fucking dying over here? I'm not even kidding. Whew. News from comicbook.com. Hugh Jackman's. Jackman. I was talking about jerking off and cum rags. You know, that's his last name, man. Human Jackman. Human Jackman. That was me watching <laughs> phase one through three, Chris. 
I was the human human, <laughs> human Jackman. <laughs> what's your What's your mutant power? <laughs> oh my gosh, my adamantium cock. <laughs> so a very short refractory period. Very short refractory period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just give me a just give me a bottle of Pedialyte and I'm ready to go again. <laughs> throwing ropes. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It's like fucking Spider Man's web. <laughs> <laughs> the whip. The whip. <laughs> Hugh Jackman says Wolverine and Deadpool's relationship will be at zero in new movie. Hugh Jackman says that he and Ryan Reynolds' hero uh, won't be seeing eye to eye in Deadpool 3. The Empire Film Podcast spoke to the Wolverine actor about his relationship with the Merc with a mouth in the upcoming MCU movie. A lot of people might expect Logan and Wade to play nice because of the actor's famous friendship. But Jackman is saying that they will kind of hate each other in this one. If you think about it, Wolverine has never really been able to tolerate a ton of shenanigans in his comic book history. Adding Deadpool to his general vibe would probably produce some fireworks on the big screen. If the X-Men star is to be believed, that's exactly what fans are going to get with Deadpool 3. Check out what he had to say. Quote, how do I categorize it? Ten being really close, zero being the reality. We're zero. We're opposites. Hate each other. Jackman answered when asked about their animosity to each other, quote, I'm just talking from my perspective. Logan's frustrated by him, wants to be a million miles away from him, or wants to punch him in the head. Unfortunately, he can't be a million miles away from him in this movie, so I'm probably going to punch him in the head a lot. <laughs> uh, Sounds like they're on the right track, dude. I love it, man. I, you know, you've got two guys with regenerative powers. I just want to see fucking Logan just go ham on Deadpool and cut him up, slice him up. And we just got to have scenes where multiple times we're watching, you know, fucking, uh, Ryan Reynolds with the little baby arms and legs after he's been cut up. You know what I mean? I, yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to go all out. Um, the article goes on to say, how does Wolverine come back for Deadpool 3? During an interview on the Jess Cable show, Jackman explained how Logan could make a return after the emotional end in the X-Men universe. Quote, all because of this device they have in the Marvel world of moving around timelines. Now we can go back because, you know, it's science. So I don't have to screw with the Logan timeline, which was important to me and I think probably to the fans, too. During those, that's very reassuring hearing it from the mouth of, of Hugh Jackman. Yep, agreed. I've they, heard, they can't mess with Logan. It's too good. Thank you, man. I mean, that's all we're asking for as fans of Logan. Don't fuck with that timeline because that movie is important to a lot of people, not only the fans, Hugh Jackman. But also the director, uh, you know, James Mangold, who, 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 I mean, you know, it's very personal to him. Uh, during those comments, the Wolverine star would also share when he had the idea to ask Ryan Reynolds about the possible team up. As soon as he broke the idea, he dialed up the Mint Mobile owner to iron out some more details. Quote, I had a week's vacation from the show and I was driving out. It just came to me like that. And I rang Ryan as soon as I arrived and he was floored. Interestingly, he was just about to have a meeting with Kevin Feige at Marvel at 5 o'clock that afternoon about the Deadpool movie. And so he goes, this is really good timing. 
but are you really sure? Because I don't want to say anything. I said, I'm 100% sure, and I don't know why, because I was 100% sure I was out before. And then all of a sudden, I was 100% in. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. I, I mean, this is, you know, when he announced his retirement and these two had like their ongoing like Twitter conversations and we really wanted to see these two in the same movie together. And we thought that the, the chance was completely dashed. We were never going to get it. And it's like, you know, we have that John wick moment where it's like, I'm back, you know? So it's like, (laughs) fuck yes. I cannot wait for this fucking movie. I'm loving the quotes about it's not going to fuck up the events of Logan. I'm all in. I can't wait. I cannot fucking wait. Chris, are you ready for Deadpool 3? Oh, this is the next to an X-Men film. This is what I'm most excited for of all Marvel stuff. Like, I mean, I think we've all I remember I think you guys were talking about it, how Ryan Reynolds had pitched that film. It's like a buddy road film. And like, I'm almost hoping like it's it is this like maybe not a road film, but it's their like journey together, like very much um, uh, just opposites attract or opposites going on this you know adventure together thing whether it's like you know like you know deadpool kills the the fox universe or whatever it is i'm i'm game for it whatever they want to do i'm just excited well i mean we know the tva showing up so yeah 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 dude this is my most anticipated comic book movie that's going to be coming up like i i'm so excited for this I cannot wait. Uh, Deadpool 3 news from Epic Stream. They uh, say Hugh Jackman confirms Deadpool 3 timeline in comparison to Logan. Following the huge reveal that Hugh Jackman will be reprising his role in the upcoming Deadpool 3, the veteran actor confirms when exactly the threequel happens with respect to the timeline of Logan. And he even shared what James Mangold has to say to his return speaking with the empire film podcast Hugh Jackman reveals uh he says uh, he was actually really cool about it I did tell him that it took place before our movie so it wasn't going to screw it up like claws coming out of the grave so he was relieved by that and he totally got it that it was a really good idea my god yes like fucking you know thankful hands emoji like i'm so i've been watching too much circle i i apologize um um, but uh that's great man because like there's been two reputable scoopers out there leakers on twitter that are saying like he's rescuing you know jackman before his death and this is basically saying it's further back in the timeline it's not going to take place even during hopefully not take place. I'm hoping that's what I'm getting out of this quote. That's not even taking place during the events of Logan. Yeah. That, and that's good too, man. They they can't, they can't mess with that. And yeah. <clears throat> I, I like I was saying earlier, uh, Logan is just such a perfect movie. It was such a perfect mm-hmm. send off for the character that to do anything to cheapen that would, it'd just be a disservice to the character. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent agreed. Don't terminate her that. <laughs> yeah. <I'm>, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know, we get depressing mo- news about Daredevil, but I, I mean, everything that I'm hearing out of the Deadpool three camp just has me more excited for the movie. Oh, agreed. 
My one request is to get the yellow and blue costume. And I think. So, oh, yes. God, please. I want to see that. I think we're getting it, man. Hell yeah. I think we're getting it. My other request is that not necessarily in Deadpool three, but I would love to see uh, X twenty three show up for Secret Wars. Mm, I want. Da- yeah. I want. Yeah, I, that would be great. I That'd want an aged up X twenty three Daphne Keene coming back playing that character. Yeah, because it's it's been probably what how many years since Logan? Twenty seventeen, I believe. Oh shit! Okay, not as far as not as far back as I thought. But she's she's gotten a little older. She's definitely. I mean, she's been doing that um, his Dark Material series on HBO. Mm-hmm. She's older, so I mean, yeah, she's going to yeah. be aged up. Yeah. 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 I do kind of hope they do like a take the opportunity because it is Deadpool to like a just throw in a character that you never thought you would get to see like with that with like throwing in Juggernaut there was like so many hoops to have to jump through to get him in the X Men film in a satisfactory way um, and I just they just threw him in there maybe they could just do I, I was trying to think of who of just like some off the wall character that you would never think that you would see. Live action. I think we're getting it, man. I'm hearing a ton of rumors about like. Oh, different... that'd be so fucking yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. I want Channing Tatum Gambit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chambit. Like, Bring like Chambit. Some, maybe some villains like <laughs> Sauron or Mister Sinister, where you just didn't think he would, or fucking like Morph. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. News from ComicBook.com. Fantastic Four. Adam Driver reportedly front leader for lead role. They're talking about uh, the direct's report is. Um, uh, um, he w- he would play Reed Richards. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, this isn't the first suggestion that Driver is up for the role. First, insider Jeff Snyder shared information during the Hot Mike podcast that Driver is in the lead to play the role. A report that Snyder said he couldn't verify but made sense to him. Elsewhere, beyond the trailers, Grace Randolph also teased that Driver could be a frontrunner for a certain stretchy role. Um, lastly, the direct's own sources in their report note that Driver is Marvel Studios' top casting choice to play the new Reed Richards. All these reports are impossible to definitively confirm or deny as of now. Uh, alongside rumors of Reed Richards, other reports have mentioned that Elvis star Austin Butler has been eyed to play the role of Johnny Storm. I don't like – I like – here's the thing. I didn't watch the Elvis movie, but I like – I've seen Austin Butler and other things. I don't I, – I, 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 I think he's fine. I, I, I actually liked him in uh, uh, the Shannara Chronicles. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he was really good in that series. Um I don't see him as human. I don't see him as human torch, though. I was really liking that. Uh, what's his name? Steve from Stranger Things. Uh, Joe Keery. Joe Keery. I really like mm. that. Fan. It That's was a- where I was with, with yeah. Johnny Storm as yeah. well. I wanted that to see great. Joe Keery. Yeah. He, I mean, strangely enough, he's uh, Austin Butler seems a little too, almost too old or something like that. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm excited for him in, in, to be in Dune. That's what I was too. just going to say too, Chris. He's yeah. he's going to be playing uh, oh, a, ba- a bad guy in Dune. He's playing yeah. Fade Routh, a Harkonnen, and Christopher Walken is the Emperor. It's going to fucking rule. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I didn't see the Elvis movie either personally. Yeah, I, neither did I. I. Have no interest in the King of Rock and Roll, and so when I saw mm-hmm. there was a biopic, I was like hard pass. Uh, but I am very interesting interested to see how Austin Butler is going to do in in the Dune follow up, and so that yeah, that more would. 
Yeah, I, I think I need to see him in, in more stuff before I can comment on it. Whereas I've seen Joe Keery in so much stuff um, mm-hmm. that I, I think he would just be natural for that role. Um, as far as Adam Driver goes, the guy's got incredible range. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, He is an incredible actor, but yeah. I don't know if I see him as Mr. Fantastic. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe if he gets it, I'd, I'd imagine that he'll knock it out of the park because the guy is a yeah. phenomenal actor. Yeah, he's tall and lanky. I just watched him in that really strange Netflix movie, uh, White Noise, where he plays plays a professor. So I I know he can do that kind of nerdy type. Um, so I I mean I'll, I'll taste it. I I'd give him a shot. I'm not saying he's like the top of my list. I really like the. Uh, oh my god, um, who's the guy that was in the Tourist Joe? I, I'm I'm blanking on the name. He was also in. Um, Oh, that fucking movie! Jesus Christ! That fucking the the about a marriage, or whatever movie you reviewed and I watched it was so good. With him and ScarJo. Oh fuck! I'm sick. I can't think of anything right now. Is it Jamie Dornan? Jamie Dornan. That's the guy. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that rumored casting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not against driver. What's that new driver? I'm not against driver being Mr. Fan. I'd give it a shot. I'd give it a shot. Um, One what's that? It's like facing off against dinosaurs. Yeah. What's it called? I don't know, but it looks it called so 65. Old. The 69. Yeah, 65. 69. 65 million years ago, I believe. 69. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adam driver in 69. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Adam driver takes on. The T-Rex. It's a whole new meeting to chew in the scenery. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's why you're a leftover now, Joe. (laughs) That's funny. Um, No, I I, I, I purposely did not watch that trailer when it dropped Mm. because I wanted to see it in the theater. And they played it before Megan. And I was like, Mm. oh, my God, this looks like it's going to be a blast. Yeah, it looks... Like, man, this is what you guys should have just done with Jurassic Park. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marvel rumors. Did you make an exciting movie, Chris? Huh? I Sorry, said, what? you mean make an exciting movie? <laughs> yes, exactly. Just like, you know, it's just like almost like what we were talking about, like, you know, with, with Prey and like getting like with, with do the RoboCop fucking Terminator thing. Just do something yeah. crazy, you know? Yeah. I'm excited for that film, and I'm excited for that Transformers movie. That actually looks good. Yeah, I'm excited for that, too. RC looks really good. Yeah, she looks great. Uh, Marvel rumors. I got a ton of Marvel rumors. According to Daniel RPK, the Thunderbolts mission in the movie will be to obtain adamantium from the celestial Tiamat, whose body has been transformed into an island. So if you've seen the Eternals... You know that uh, there's a uh, large celestial um, that is basically it looks like a like kind of like a rock formation out there in the ocean, and um, now it's an island, and it looks like within Tiamat, the celestial Tiamat, uh, that's where we're going to get adamantium from. Um, mm. On the other hand, the island would later be known as Genosha. Um, in the comics, it's one of the homes owned by Genosha, excuse me. In the comics, it's one of the homes owned by the X-Men. Um, 
And uh, Leaker, can we get some toast? Commented on this as well, saying Adamantium is going to first appear in Captain America: New World Order. It'll show up on Tiamat Island, and countries will go to war over it being an open resource on unclaimed land that could be more valuable than vibranium. Um, here's my theory. This is my personal theory. Adamantium makes up Wolverine's skeleton and claws. What if Wolverine hasn't gone through Weapon X yet? And Ross, after the events of the Thunderbolts movie, uses the adamantium to put Wolverine through Weapon X. So it's Ross putting Logan through the Weapon X process from the adamantium he's obtained... And what reason would he be doing this? He's looking for somebody to fight all these new hulks with him. Because mm. I think he's going to be the Red Hulk and he's looking mm. for, you know, he's looking for somebody, maybe looking for somebody to go up against the other hulks, which I would love to see. I personally would just love to see a movie of Wolverine versus Hulk. Oh, my God. That's a good way to get there. Yeah. That's a huge way to get there, man. I and love I mean, that. We could get that classic McFarlane, McF- uh, Todd McFarlane cover where we see, like, mm-hmm. the reflection in the claws yeah. of the Hulk. Um, we know from the She-Hulk series that there was a man in a bar. We saw it on the side of her computer. It was like a little, you know, you could click on it. it was, there was a man in a bar who used his claws to fight in, in, in like a bar fight. It doesn't mean that they were metal claws. So mm-hmm. it could just be Logan exists in the world now, but he just has the bone claws. And we could still be watching him go through Weapon X. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like it. That. That's yeah. yeah, yeah, totally, Chris. I I I like it. I think that that's be an exciting way to bring it in. It would, you know, show an origin of the character, especially if they're going to be casting a a younger actor to play Wolverine and carry the torch for the next several years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I like the whole idea also that that this is the way that they would bring adamantium in because mm-hmm. you know it's it's. It's extraterrestrial in nature, but you know, not the the same as like a, a an asteroid hitting the Earth or something like that. And What's you're gonna you're gonna have like the skeletal strength of a of like a celestial or something, right? I mean, yeah. it's wild to think about. You know, it's different from the comics, but it's not the first time they've done they veered from the comics. Go ahead, oh, Chris. absolutely. What's the comic origin of? Isn't it like a mixture of vibranium and something else? Yeah, yeah. It, um, I, 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 oh God! I they're, they're trying to. I'd have to look it up. Like the yeah, history of something. the history of adamantium and vibranium. It, we could do a whole fucking bonus episode on that from the Patreon. comics. Yeah. Uh, question: How would you feel about Anthony Starr as Wolverine? I don't know. I don't. No. Yeah. No, I feel like I'd like it. He gets that menacing look. I I, I either like Cavill or Pablo Schreiber. <laughs> oh yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, both of those would be fantastic. Yeah. I'm always I, gonna go with Cavill though. I'm, I just I love that guy, and I want to see him. 
I, I would love to see him come into the MCU and get a real juicy role and just fucking crush it so that WB Warner Brothers can look at it and be like, oh, look at how mad, how bad we fucked up mm-hmm. by sidelining this guy for so many years, yeah. giving him kind of shit storylines that, that aren't true to the, the character, to the way that he could have been playing it and really could have been mm-hmm. capturing the imaginations of – you know, children, teenagers, and adults all over the world because that's what Superman character is. He's mm-hmm. not. He's not Batman. He's not fucking dark and brooding. I Anthony Starr, like I, we've said it on the podcast before. Yeah. I think he'd be the perfect Doctor Doom. Yeah, he would. He would be. I was just kind of thinking because he is. He's on the shorter side, and just like somehow because like you know, Wolverine is. He can be. He's not evil, but he can get nasty sure you know and he gets, he's got that grimace and it kind of reminds me of how sometimes wolverine will do that yeah uh i got a bunch of scoops here a bunch of leaks possible rumors from my time to shine hello from twitter uh first one is uh robert downey jr is back for secret wars for sure and there's been some talks for a cameo in armor wars I hope that's not true. I don't want to see. I want to see him show back up in Secret Wars, and that's about it. Uh, Liv Tyler and talks to come back as Betty Ross. I predicted this months ago that Liv, that Liv Tyler would come back and play um, Red She Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Affleck has had talks with Marvel Studios to play Dario Agar in an upcoming project. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that happening. Just Is that good. like the head of Roxxon? I think so. Let me look that up. Yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's where I've heard his name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep, Roxxon. Roxxon, Roxxon, whatever you want to call it. Yep, Ted- and, we, and we've seen Roxxon in um, Loki. Uh, Loki. Yeah, well, it's popped up in other things as well, I believe. Might have been... <sighs> It's popped up in other things. It's been in multiple projects. Loki's, I think, the big one, though, where it really stood out, where it was like the, the Ruxin, like Walmart-looking store. Yeah, God, you've got to think that Ben Affleck would be taking a really hard minute to think about it mm-hmm. before he's going to jump into another comic book role. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, the – Man, the internet's just got a lot of fucking dickheads out yeah. there that, that are emboldened by the the comfort of speaking through a keyboard and will say horrific shit to people. Mm-hmm. Jessica yeah. Chastain is being eyed to play the main villain in Captain America New World Order. And I've also read from, I think it was my time to shine hello. Let me double check that the villains in that movie... You know, this was from Can't We Get Some Toast. They're saying it's, uh, uh, Can't We Get Some Toast said, yes, it's true. The Serpent Society are the villains in Captain America New World Order. I haven't read too many Serpent, Serpent Society comic books, to be quite honest with you. I don't, I don't even know who they are. No, I, I've seen them in, like, the Avengers animated series far more. Okay. I, I feel like than, than what I've read them in. Or, you know, comics that I've read them in. So it just feels like it has the potential to go really bad or be good just depending on how they do it. So that, this is, that's a wait and see for me. Uh, My Time to Shine Hello also refers to Chloe Bennett coming back to the MCU as Quake. 
I know that'll make some fans of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. happy. I wasn't a fan of the series, but I'm happy for you. Yeah, yeah. Eternals 2 will be Judgment Day and more cosmic. Chloe Zhao is not attached, and there's a chance she will not return to do the sequel. Uh, Nova is going to be a movie and not a series or a special. I think that's good because it it needs to have the biggest CGI budget that you can give to it. And uh, a special or a series is not going to get it there. 100%. I said Rocket dies years ago, but I admit that I was wrong. Yeah, I'll take that. I mean, it also it feels like the most obvious death going into volume three in I, li- I like it when writers can give us something unexpected. And I feel mm-hmm. like James Gunn is good at that. So I, 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 I I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, we don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, I hope Rocket lives. Uh, Deadpool 3 will be a direct follow-up to Deadpool 2. Wade, using Cable's time machine, will travel into the future to save Wolverine from dying. Logan does not know who that guy is and want him gone, but using a time machine and changing history will get them on the TVA's radar. I think that's perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the one that had me the most excited. It's a Secret Wars rumor. From my time to shine, hello. Get a load of this one. Yes. Toby Maguire and Hugh Jackman will meet and fight alongside each other in Secret Wars. Dope. What? <laughs> Dude, that's dope. Mm. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. I mean, for for those of us that have been, you know, watching these movies since they first came out in the 90s and early 2000s and stuff, this is like an absolute dream come true. Yeah. yeah. I came yeah. a little bit. <laughs> uh, back in the day when Wiz- Wizard, what was that? Wizard? No, it was the magazine Wizard with like fan cast movies and stuff like that. You could still reasonably talk about Mel Gibson being Wolverine. Yeah, this is awesome. This is how they plan to make Secret Wars work without making it a four hour movie. Kang Dynasty will have the new Avengers as the leads, while Secret Wars will mostly be from the point of view and will focus on the heroes from the other universes. Cool. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's yeah. that's wild. That is wild. So, wow. I Yeah, I think those are the... the I, I mean, like, I'm really looking forward to Deadpool 3, mm-hmm. but I am very curious to get the introduction of, you know, of, of a proper King, the Conqueror and, and in quantum mania and then, and then go into Kang dynasty. I think Kang dynasty and secret wars, as far as like, just like MCU proper. Uh, I'm, I, those are the two movies that I'm most interested in. Of course I want to see mm-hmm. fantastic four and I want to, but I mean, just, I mean, just how bizarre is Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars going to be? Just how crazy are they going to fucking go for it? I feel like they're going to, I mean, they're not going to pull any punches. I'm hoping. Yeah. It's really got the potential to do some bonkers stuff in there. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. It's going to be the culmination of all this multiverse stuff. So if they're not Mm -hmm. pulling out all the stops right there, then what's the point of all of it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Daniel RPK says Loki season two will feature several Kang variants and serious ramifications for the MCU. For the MCU Loki. That makes sense. Uh, rumor Spider-Man four will reportedly begin filming at the end of 2023 with a budget of $200 million. And according to, uh, scooper, the watcher on Twitter, Spider-Man four will feature Peter Park meeting his street level peers. So what does that mean? Probably sounds like he's going to be meeting daredevil. That was the first one that came to my mind too. I mean, who else though? You know, I mean, I guess we're in New York. We could lump in Je- Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, maybe. Yeah, that's it. Maybe maybe Ka- Shang Chi would be in there. Maybe I don't maybe know. Even Iron Fist. I don't know if if Shang Chi's considered street level. Yeah, I don't know. But. I would maybe even say Kate Bishop as Hawkeye. Oh, mm-hmm. that'd be a good one. Yeah, yeah. So, lots of exciting rumors. Again, we don't know if they're they're true or not, but a lot of exciting rumors that have come out within the past couple weeks that I did want to go over. Um, what are the films that are coming out this year? You got Quantum Mania and Guardians. Quantum Mania Guardians. Uh, is, is the Captain America movie coming out? Uh-huh. What about the the Marvels? Ooh, maybe Marvels. It's got to be the Marvels, right? Yeah, it's coming out this year. Okay. Cool. All right. We're going to end it on DC News. I just got one DC News story, and then I am going to fucking get in bed. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. Not a huge news story, I guess. I mean, it might be bigger for some people, but um, news from Variety. Matt Reeves says he's meeting with James Gunn to ensure Batverse and DC Universe don't crash together. We want to support each other. Did they? I think this meeting has already happened, hasn't it? I I think think it had to have. Because if they've been hashing out you know, they're the DC version of the 10 year plan or whatever. How are they doing that without, I mean, cause Batman's one of their crown jewels. So how would they be having these talks with, without figuring out what Matt Reeves is doing and what, what gun and saffron want to do? It just seems like this is a meeting that had to have already taken place. I feel like Matt Reeves is even, excuse me, Matt Reeves has even, um, commented on this on Twitter, but I'm not a... No, it doesn't look like it. I wonder if James Gunn talked about it. He, he won't shut the fuck up on Twitter. <laughs> I love you, James. I'm just fucking with you. Uh, I feel like he has. Maybe I should have had this pulled up before we started recording. I'm talking like Foghorn Leghorn again. <laughs> Looking for that Edgar Allan Hoe. Edgar Allan Hoe, get over here and suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> my dick has been brined with 13 spices or whatever the fuck. He, I don't know. Herbs and spices. Herbs and spices. spices and herbs. Yeah. Stuck my dick in a brine and put on 13 herbs and spices. Got myself a crispy dick for you to suck. Suck on my crispy fried chicken dick. Crispy, crispy syphilis with gonorrhea attached. 
if you find yourself describing your dick as crispy, something's gone horribly wrong. Suck on my crispy dick. <laughs> 13 herbs and spices. Bite down on that crispy cock. <laughs> you got buffalo flavor. <laughs> I got honey barbecue on my dick. <laughs> Dip it in a sweet mustard sauce, my crispy <laughs> penis. <laughs> Jerk me off and call me the colonel. <laughs> Get some of that special sauce. Special sauce all over your face, neck, and chest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come right on your tramp stamp. We're getting weird, isn't it? That is one, you know, of all the weird variations of the kernel that we've gotten in advertising over the years. This is one we haven't seen yet. Yeah, yeah. The the kernel that wants to come on your tramp stamp. (laughs) The thirsty kernel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, that was good. Open wide for my crispy crispy cock. (laughs) I don't know what's this is so dumb. People are listening to this too. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's good. That'll work on Martha Stewart. I, I guarantee it. Oh my you God, got, Martha! You got this, Martha. You you beautiful woman. You. What a special lady. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh God, crispy cock. <laughs> 13 herbs and spices all over my crispy penis here <laughs> suck it down all on a sesame seed bun <laughs> that's when my dick's in a sandwich it's a crispy chicken mmm fondle the nuggets yeah I like that stick the nuggets in your mouth Found my nuggets. I'm getting very demanding with what you're doing with my, you know what I mean? It's just like, let her take the lead. She knows what she's doing. You know? Edgar Allan Hole, get over here. I'll suck my cock. Is it really that funny or? It is. Okay. I really hope somebody does like a meme or a piece of art of just like Edgar Allan Poe dressed like a prostitute. I just want to fuck. I want a meme of me sucking off a fucking rooster. That's what I want. <laughs> just a just a meme of me going down on Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> don't they? Don't don't the do chickens have the spirally dicks, the corkscrew penises, or is that just pigs? I think it's pigs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ducks got weird dicks, too. Yeah, I was just going to say that. It's like half of their, like, longer than their, like, half of their body size or whatever, right? It's like stupid, stupid long. I'm a duck and I like to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, they're keeping it. You got to keep them separated. The whole, um... Matt Reeves, James Gunn, Batman of it all. I don't know. I'm done, guys. I'm fucking. I yeah, whatever. They talk. They, they're going to talk. They're going to have a talk, and they're going to keep it. They're going to work together. 
but they're not going to get in each other's ways. They want to support each other. It's beautiful. What a beautiful it's like, thing. It's like separating parents. Like, they love us both equally. Exactly. It, yeah. Boom. There you go. It, it, we're, you know, they're just like, we're a blended family. <laughs> we're going to have dad on the weekends. Yeah. Daddy's now with Stacy. <laughs> Stacy. <laughs> I don't like Stacy. I'll never call her mom. Yeah. You're not my mom. <laughs> Get over here and suck my crispy jack. <laughs> I'm done, guys. I am fucking. You've done Seriously. A great job. If you could, if you could feel how I feel right now, you you're just like, how the fuck did you get through this one, Brian? Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't know. Joe, how did it feel your your first episode as a leftover? Any different? That was a lot of fun. That'd be awesome if you got on here and you're like, man, I Brian, I'm like, <laughs> I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> I'm going to be competing in magic competitively from now on, Brian. I'm. <laughs> I'm done. I'm also going to be playing. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to, Joe's like, fuck it, any card game. He's like, go fish. I'm going to be competing, uh, <laughs> go fish competitively. I'm going to be joining, be joining a go fish league. <laughs> I'm just, br- I'm, Jake's hype man. Yeah. I'm just, just stand next to him while he plays tournaments and just talk shit on his opponent. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm, Joe's like, I'm just going to follow Jake around. <laughs> He's like Joe's like fucking you know what I mean? He's like you got you got your you got your shirt off and you've painted shit on your chest and stomach, like go Jake, you know? Your wife's worried about you. (laughs) (laughs) You're always driving to Illinois, Joe. Oh man, yeah, it'd be great if I just I'm, I'm burning through leftover co-hosts. Like I'm just burning through them. Like Joe's like done after the first week. Paul's up next. Paul's like I can't fucking do this. <laughs> Chris is just like Chris sees the three dots pop up on his phone and he's just like Brian, no, before I can even get the text out. <laughs> he's like I'm busy watching Harry Potter movies. Yeah, I got to catch up on this shit. Yeah. Chris, as always, man, I fucking love you, dude, and I love having you on these episodes. Thank you. Thanks for letting me. I was all worried. Like, oh god, I'm 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 coming on the like. What if it's this one where Brian says I'm fucking done because of Chris? Fuck this bullshit. (laughs) Oh no, it's not going to be you. It's it'll it'll probably be Paul. (laughs) Fucking with you, Paul. (laughs) Oh poor Paul. I love Paul. Props to Paul, dude. Teaching is such a hard gig. I tried to do that for my 20s, and I kicked my ass. So it's just like, Paul's a fucking hero with how hard he works with his yeah. kids. Yeah, Paul's awesome, man, what he yeah. does with his students. You can, like, I, yeah. I wish I would have had uh, a Mr. Hart growing up. Instead, I had... That had been dope. Yeah. But, uh, Chris, final plugs for what's going on over there, man. April EP comes out... April 29th, but you know, you'll be able to listen to stuff on all the, the streaming services and things like that beforehand. It's going to be, uh, on a lathe cut, which for vinyl nerds, Joe or Jake probably just perked up. Uh, it's like a, it's like Jake's not listening. He's not listening. Um, but all the vinyl heads, it's, it's sort of like a vinyl, but not, um, 
uh, and it'll be cool. And it's 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 a brand new single called Stand the Test and a re- reimagining of our song I Fed Animals. There's going to be some killer fucking music videos. Um, freaking Patrick Pearson, the guy who made her, he went all out. He's been working on this for like three years since the pandemic. Motherfucker went to Tokyo to get shots. Like, wow. if you're a fan of like Blade Runner, like RoboCop, like this music video of a fucking Akira or Ghost in the Shell, this like is going to be totally up your your alley. Um, and like we did some like dark synth remixes and synthwave remixes of these songs on there. So there's a lot of bonus stuff. Um, and we'll be on the road soon. Uh, we'll be posting up soon. We'll be in Chicago in March. I think that's our first confirmed show that we're allowed to talk about um, for a festival. And yeah, just check us out, livevolk.com. Any leftover armies, if you just get in touch with me, I'll get you guys on the guest list. I love hanging out with you and, and rocking out. Yeah. Uh, Facebook has a, a leftover army group. So if you're not a part of that, join the leftover army group. Chris, I'm sure you're in that. Oh yeah, I made I made Colleen my fiance join. There you go, Colleen. Yeah. Shout out to Colleen. Yeah, she's great. She tolerates me. Yeah, she, she's she's gonna marry me, which is like, that's pretty surprising. Congratulations, man. <laughs> Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I need to meet the human that's gonna marry you. Right. Like, <laughs> 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 that that journey song isn't lying. <laughs> Like loving the music, man, isn't easy. It's like, uh, you want to date, you know, uh, marry somebody who's like constantly broke. Uh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's that. No, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's excited. really cool. Very cool, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy for you, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, Thank you. love is one of those things that constantly eludes me. <laughs> uh, try, you should try out. Um, Hinge. Hinge is the new thing, apparently. Hinge. Oh, I've been on Fringe. That's where I've been. Um, <laughs> I got a friend who's been saying who's she's she's enjoying Hinge a lot. So. Okay. Supposed to be more romance based. Uh, I'm just looking for fucking. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. And <laughs> that Tinder KFC. I. I, I think when my opening line is suckle my crispy cock, I think like that's when I lose them. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you're a fucking leftover. It's a fucking official. Yay. It's wild. It's wild. The dream come true in it, buddy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy, put that on your fucking resume. No, Joe, thank you, man. I had fun, dude, even though I'm fucking... Oh, my God. You guys do... Seriously, you guys have no idea, seriously, how I feel right now. This is not good. I feel... Oh, God, I feel weird. But I've had a lot of fun on this episode regardless. I will not remember any of what we recorded, though, tomorrow. So that'll be <laughs> yeah. be a brand new experience if I, if I do listen back. But thank you, Joe. There we go. No, I had, a, I had a fucking blast, dude. It was great. And Chris, I can't wait to hear the new stuff from Volk. The the little bits that you shared with me, it got me really excited. Um, no, I had a great time tonight. Did you ha- like like what if you got so excited that like, you like had a boner when you listened to it? I don't know. It's I'm not <laughs> going to I'm not going to rule that out. Wouldn't that be a crazy review if if you ever got a review like that about like your music, Chris? Like somebody is like legit fucking like 
they send you an email and they're just like, I listened to your song and I had a boner and you're like, ah, that's funny. And then you scroll down and they actually send you a picture of like their poke, their pants, their, like their dick poking out of like their shorts or some shit. I, I want that dick to be erect enough to put a, that cheeseburger on there. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the goal. Like, like. <laughs> I stroked it to the beat, man. That fucking fast track on number three. <laughs> yeah, man. It's all over. Uh, <laughs> Let's end this one, guys. I'm fucking dead. You go get some sleep, man. <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm fucking dead. Um, and until next week, we're putting a lid on it. You did pretty good there, Joe. Woohoo! Uh, okay, thank you there. What was that? The little Pillsbury Doughboy? What was going on there, man? Well, that'd be more. <laughs> Is it the bunny rabbit on Yahoo? <laughs> oh, woohoo! That's more Mario. And then, hee hee, uh, that's the Pillsbury Doughboy. Uh, <laughs> Whatever it was, I immediately regretted it as soon as the sound escaped my mouth. Get over here, Doughboy, and suck my crispy cock. <laughs> Let me run. I'm going to knead your biscuits with my dick. Joe, plug that fucking novel, bro. <laughs> go ahead and plug that little Doughboy with your cock. <laughs> Stick your dick in this crescent roll. Make it a crescent hole. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't even know what I'm doing right now. I'm just having a conversation, and we should have ended. It should be over. Joe, what's your book? I become death. Uh, it is a. Uh, Jesus Christ, I wasn't prepared for this. I Become Death. It is available on Amazon, <laughs> iTunes, Audible. It is a story about a group of zombie hunters that have to escort a assassin through uncleared territory so he can go take out a warlord that is holding a small town hostage. Cool. I'm going to get it on Audible. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, after I listen to this and, 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 you know, yell at myself in the car for like, you fucking idiot. I'm going to listen to the book <laughs> I'm driving around this week. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy it. Dude, I will. I will. Thanks, man. All right. Two ladies done. <laughs> yeah. Gabbing over there. I feel like I'm. You're going to s- call us again, Brian, right? I feel like I'm sitting in on a book club right now. <laughs> I just don't understand why this character made this choice in chapter seven. <laughs> oh my god, I'm dying. I go to you got to go to sleep, bro. <laughs> go to the doctor. <laughs> I'm I'm legit going to the doctor tomorrow. I'm sick of feeling like this. All right, guys, until next week, blah blah blah, fuck off. See ya. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. Already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps 
It's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean it, race it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over Culture pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushover. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.